Yeah, like there's nothing. Atari, what are you doing here? Like there's nothing to prove you. <laughs> Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I am Josh Bolin. And I am Jay Backstrom. And we're me bullshitting about the form of years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Uh, Mag Ep in the chamber today. We're about to blast off on Game Pro issue one. You can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link in the show notes, as is always the case. Please rate and review the podcast if you could. And Jay, what are you playing now? Dude, oh my gosh. I am playing Knight Rider. Looking <laughs> looking through this magazine, I loved it as a kid, and I couldn't remember if I played the game, so I started playing it. And I definitely did not play it, but it's a blast to play, honestly. It's so simple, the but NES a lot one? of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a lot of a lot of data on this screen. I mean, it's it's Knight Rider, <laughs> of course, you know, but then it's just like a simple road it does in front give of you. you. A lot of data. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. Uh, yeah great throwing missiles out there though it's it's a lot of fun uh it, it's an interesting game i i i do have uh like a like a weird story about playing it when i was a kid and and i like it was like a over someone else's house though very limited exposure and i remember being very intrigued as a child by it but i did not have uh a long enough timeline to like really dive because that game has more you know it's not it's not just a just a fuck around racing game like that game has substance to it that you need to figure out and understand to really play it and we did not have time to really get into it so uh when i actually <laughs> started fiddling around with it for this episode when i was going through the magazine uh i was like wow there's a lot to this and i mean i, I don't know if i think it's good or bad but it's definitely different and that's its own little commendable thing you know yeah it seemed like you could like level up your shields and engines yeah. and i was like whoa whoa this is far more advanced than i was expecting for 1989 <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. especially for, yeah, for a license title on we'll get into that later though anything modern are you playing anything, <laughs> anything uh other than the games we played for this magazine <laughs> oh yeah still working on uh, horizon zero dawn i'm uh getting real deep into that game it's super fun man that post-apocalyptic ps4 title yeah yeah cool i see i got uh uh, as I was mentioned last time, I, I am nearing not having anything to play because uh, I, I am getting close to finishing up that Resident Evil 7 uh, oh. DLC. So once I finish that completely, I, actually, I think I may have. I was looking at the last two, and they seem to be just like fuck around mini game things. So maybe I am done, and, I, and I'll have to look into grabbing that. But word. Uh, well, I uh, the <laughs> funny thing, I it's. I also played some Resident Evil. I'll get into that next. But something I started playing a bunch within the last couple of weeks, again, is Skyrim VR. Like, again, oh. what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> like, I, have <laughs> I have played this game so many times and for so long. So, such a large part of my life. <laughs> Realistically, it's <laughs> the fun of playing this game across the different platforms that I've had it. And I still will get into little fits where I dump hours into it. It's crazy to me. Uh, I was, I was like, you know, I... My kind of like fuck off uh, reality TV, no thought equivalent TV consumption is actually YouTube shit. I watch on my iPad in bed as I'm going to sleep. And <laughs> a lot of the shit, like I'll just literally, I'll go to the, it, you know, 
YouTube is highly curative and they will suggest shit based on the stuff you've watched. So I get a pretty just nonstop flow of things that like might be interesting to me. So one of the things that that led to me clicking on in the last couple of weeks here is I found these videos by a channel called Camel Works. And the video mm. series is called Curating Curious Curiosities, which is uh, this guy. That that alliteration is suggestive or uh, uh, demonstrative of, of, of what this guy is. Like, he's like a very lyrically and inclined dude and he like as he narrates these things he puts his little he makes it like it's almost like prose it's pretty nice uh but as far as what the actual videos are on they are he goes around to a select hold of skyrim like one of the areas and points out a whole shit ton of little borderline insignificant things that you can find lying around off the beaten path like slain adventurers little treasure like maybe a book that's just sitting in this little stone quarry that's off a path that you would never find it in if you well probably would never find it in unless within the vr world well i mean that you could play it in vr yes that's it they're all there in vr too because the vr is a direct port of the original version of it but uh it's not vr exclusive no this is stuff that's in the main game that it's just always been there and always part of the game and just there's so much stuff that you just you could never you just could never find it all unless you were directed to it you know and that's wow. what these, that's what these videos are. They are long, dude. Some of them are like forty five minutes. They're not short videos. <laughs> all this little insignificant shit that you can go around and pick up. And I'm sitting there watching. You know, like I said, dude, I've hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours I've played this game. And I'm sitting there watching these videos. Like I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. <laughs> How the fuck have I never seen that before? I've played this game too much to not have seen all this shit before. So yes, I uh, now. Uh, am sitting there with those videos on next to me at times and going around to find these fucking things this guy is pointing out that mean nothing. They're not even, it's not like you're finding incredible uh, weapons and armor and things, just like little insignificant shit. It's like some of it's not even items. Some of it's, like I said, a slain adventure. There's like a lot of, some of the things he will go out, go around and point out are these little scenarios or, or the, you know, there's, there's something there that there's like a story to digest out of it just by what's left behind in this thing you can find. Someone like, dropped this golden chalice after right, riding right, off from the sunset. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah, this dead body here. There's this, the, the one I'm thinking of offhand right now, there's this statue, one of the uh, Talos statue or one of, one of the religions in the game. There's a statue that's kind of up on this little hill that you wouldn't even necessarily find unless you were again, kind of knew it was there, but you go up there and there's all these, dead bodies around it like three or four nords that are dead in front of it whoa and they all look <clears throat> they're all like holding knives i think or there's something that suggested that it was like a mass suicide and then there's also one thalmar lying there by them and he's got a note on him that kind of explains that he was there like it, it explains the backstory of why he was there trying to he was helping influence these people to kill themselves for some sort of political purpose uh, that what? you know wanted to carry out. It's like, dude, you, like it is not part of a quest. It is not part <laughs> of the game. It means fucking nothing to anything. You it just happened in the game somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and it's just there in the world, and you can find it and have a little moment. And honestly, one of my dude, I love Fallout. Because you can often, like, you you know, you'll go into this, like, random bunker or something, and you'll find what is clearly, like, a family of skeletons. And there'll be, like, you know, empty food cans and, like, little uh, suggestions. Yeah 
little visual suggestions of like this family died in this bunker together, you know, and there's like little just little, you know, relatively uh, in the grand scope of of things, insignificant stories to have, you know, that can just are just constantly flying at you. And I feel like Skyrim lacked a lot of that in my a lot of my play, like as much fun as much as I like Skyrim as a world and like, a uh, you know, the the medieval fantasy thing, I like that more. Than even the post-apocalyptic shit, which I also dig, but like storytelling wasn't there in my opinion in the same way. But like going through these videos, I'm like, no, I just wasn't looking for it. <laughs> you it just didn't see it, <laughs> right? Yeah, Bethesda did it. I just didn't, you know, I was too dumb to ascertain it or something. So, yeah, I've spent a bunch of time fucking watching these videos and now playing Skyrim again. Uh, and honestly, to be, I had picked it up and fucked with it even before I found those videos. But that's what led to me watching the videos. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. but, uh, but what really got me going and kept me going uh, uh, in this recent fucking uh, run with it is, yes, those videos and trying to find some of that shit. So that's pretty cool. And, yeah, I also, like, literally just before we jumped on here, uh, before I had dinner, I uh, finished the End of Zoe DLC for Resident Evil. And mm. so you haven't, you, it's funny, it's hilarious to me that you got PSVR and got that game because it is going to consume you, I promise you. Oh, I cannot yeah, wait. I, yeah, I won't give you any spoilers. I won't fuck anything up for you story wise because the story is great. But you control this, you're, you take over this character at the start of it, you kind of just get dropped into a fucked up situation and you're controlling this badass, uh, like Bayou Hillbilly, <laughs> to, to lack <laughs> better term and he's trying to save uh a character in the game that you had to de- you decide between these two game or these two characters like you you get to a point in the main game and you're forced to make a decision between two integral uh characters in the that, that are in the story so far in the main main quest story and you choose between them and like both of them mean something to you so mm. you're you're going back and you are revisiting basically kind of a part of the story that you like left behind uh when you make that choice you know so it's it's pretty cool uh in a way it revisits a part of the story you might have just like you know never otherwise would have known what happened over there you know which is cool i think that's a really good job of storytelling and like a real you know dlc is sometimes seems just like a money grab for these fucking games uh but they actually yeah they put some time into um Oh, I don't know. They might actually always had. This might have been in the main game. They're like, you know what? This is subset enough. We can sell this separately. <laughs> yeah. exactly. so maybe maybe it's not an average thing. By uh, who the fuck makes Resident Evils? Uh, oh, offhand. That's a great Whatever. question. Yeah. <laughs> Should know that. But anyways, uh, so yeah, you play this guy, and he's like, he's just he has no weapons. You, the whole DL, like the whole mechanic that you you utilize is kind of this it's all barehanded you're fighting these things and in the main you're, what you're, no you're, weapons yeah Whoa. yeah fighting and you're fighting they're called the molded or what they like the kind of the grunt enemies in the game that you fight mostly are called molded and they're like yeah these mutated humans basically and they are badasses dude like the main the guy in the main <sighs> game struggles with every one of these fucking things and this guy is walking around just fist fighting them <laughs> and you know so it's <laughs> like a level of surreality sur- to it if that's a word i don't know it's kind of surreal and uh it makes it kind of it, it enhances the fun of it and like yeah you don't you don't ever get a weapon until basically the very end of of the of the thing and when you get that weapon it's like a super fucking fun weapon so again it's kind of you know, it does. It doesn't ever become goofy, but it there is like a level of like this isn't realistic at all, and that's what makes it fun. Oh, okay. 
playing this whole game where these things are like every one of them you encounter is like a, its own little puzzle of how the hell you're going to deal with it. Uh, and in this one, they're kind of getting, just getting thrown at you like they're grunts, you know, and you can just you have to sometimes you just barrel through them, which is pretty cool. Nice. So it's not just straight fear all the time. That's, right. That's... Yeah. It, 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 it also, I mean, honestly, the, that also is maybe a little bit of a detractor about this, particularly like the end boss, a real bitch, <laughs> uh, because the controls in in the game are not, they've never been, Resident Evil games have never been great control wise, you know, and this one, it, it isn't because you're first, per, especially in the VR thing, you're, you're first person and you're like, it's just kind of clunky. Like the way you turn, you'll see, you know, I don't use those wands. Maybe my life would be easier if I use the wands. So maybe I shouldn't be bitching about this, but <laughs> the controller for these games, like the way you turn is like at these quick 90 degree, like increments, you know, you don't smoothly control. So when you're fighting someone in close quarters, that kind of control is, it's a little fucked up, you know? Mm. Uh, so that, that kind of makes it more difficult uh, to be like a fast paced action game. Um, but I think I'll start with the wands and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I use the, the wands because Doom is built. The only game I played where the wands, I liked the wands, was Doom because Doom, the movement in Doom is. It, you don't you don't walk. You don't have like your your guy is like he teleports like he doesn't Pretty much. Yeah. So the wands, that's how the wands work. You know, you are just teleporting places and it, it, it just makes it's a smoother usage of that technology to me i don't know maybe, again maybe i'm just i don't know too old or something <laughs> I, can't, I can't make it work for me but uh yeah it's not i don't know I, I don't dig it for most of the other titles that i've used it on skyrim and i hated skyrim with them it's awful i thought but anyhow the only thing other thing i would say about this <laughs> the uh and this didn't i don't think this ever happened to me in the regular game so it's funny that it's just a if it's a dlc specific thing but I was having a tough time in the latter portion of the game and I died a few times in a row and the thing like it goes to the screen, you know, retry or quit. And <laughs> before I went to that on this particular instance, it asked me if I wanted to lower the difficulty level. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Which is smart. It's about to be replaced by the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, fuck no, man. Fuck you. <laughs> I got this. And then at the end boss, who like, as our mission is a real bitch, it asked me again after I had died like a dozen times in a row. And I was like, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And then, okay. <laughs> and then I, I did. I beat him. I think I died still one more time, but I did beat him uh, relatively right after that. So. <laughs> so, uh, super, uh, but in the long run, I, I got uh, my buddy, uh, a high school buddy of mine. Uh, we'll call him Bung. <laughs> has has a, a similar retro game collecting sickness to mine, and he like <laughs> just never. I, it's funny to me that I don't know. Part I guess part of it's his pod. He's certainly aware. My high school buddies are certainly aware of this, and they seem to embrace, think it's fun, uh, and seem to listen to it. So he, he, he pings me last week, and he's like, "Hey man, uh, he's like been reaching out to me and telling me he's you know really getting into NES collecting. He's like sending me his collection shit, which is cool. And but he's like, he's like, I got all these doubles. Uh, he's like, you want them, <laughs> or do you want any of these? And at first, I thought he was just like offering me for free. So I'm like. I don't know, man. What do you? I mean, you know, I don't want you to like take it. What? Uh, you know, I don't want to go out of your way to like send me some games. I'm like, but you know, sure, I'll take a look at him if you're just gonna pitch him or something. And he like sends me what he has, and I'm like, yeah, man, okay. You know, like Super Mario Brothers three. I didn't have a card of that yet. Top Gun, Black Bass, and Star Tropics were these four games. I'm like, yeah, I'll take. You know, if you're just throwing them away, I'll take them. And he's like, all right, make me an offer. I'm like, 
<laughs> Wait, are you selling me game right now? <laughs> he, he was. So I was like, all right, man, well, fucking fine. Uh, 30 bucks, cool. So I paid him 30 bucks for these four games, which is, you know, probably less than market price, which is cool. But nice. he, he sent me these. And have you ever played Star Tropics? No, I want to. It it like sticks in my mind. Like as one of those games, like I remember wanting to play it, but like never getting an opportunity to play it. Yeah, it's very. Uh, I you know I think I want to say the Star Tropics Nintendo because it was a cover issue on Nintendo. Oh yeah. Or, oh yeah, definitely. Cover issue game or cover game for an issue, and yeah, it was like it was touted as like you know Zelda esque and da 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 da. And I just I don't know if I ever necessarily tried it as a kid. And I think over the years I've tried to fiddle with it a few times via emulation and just had some trouble with it uh, or had some trouble getting into it rather. Mm-hmm. But I've started it up. I actually, I, I remember I, I got kind of like, I don't know, into like the second scenario uh, or the second part of the game uh, on the, they have it on the Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, nice. They have it on there. So if you want to play it on there, you can if you don't have the. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it actually, it, there are some, it's a weird game in that it does have some action sequences, and they're already kind of clunky, so I remember thinking on the Switch, as we've already talked about, playing the NES games on the Switch controller can suck. Uh, yeah. But, um, it's still probably better than playing it on a, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe it's not better in emulation, if you, especially with NES Advantage now, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing on OG hardware for the first time in my life, and uh, I actually was playing it earlier today and got uh, through the first part of it. So I think I'm going to really push on and 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 get through this fucker now the right way. So what do you think? Is it is it really like Zelda? Like it move around the screen? Couple, yeah, there's 3D. a ton of over. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of. It's very in the vein of Adventure of Link. I would say more so it, because yeah. you, you do oscillate between the overhead top down kind of map moving around to get somewhere and then you get you go somewhere and then go into an action sequence where you have to battle real time with things you know which is cool i I like when games if they do it well it's so rare that you see a game try to do more than one thing uh format wise or something and actually excel at all of them and this seems to be the story's cool the you know the 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 action is relatively it, it takes a little bit of getting used to like i said it does this thing where because it's kind of you kind of move around a little bit on a grid you know it's not it doesn't you don't you don't Hmm. just move freely Uh, it's tough to explain without trying it first but the it you kind of like very you're on this very defined grid particularly when you're jumping and when you turn or want to make a turn it like it will turn right but not go like if you just hit right most games you'll move right you know take a right this you hit right and you just turn right and then you have to hit it again kind of or for another second for him to start walking that direction. So it's and it's because you do work on this grid and like where you jump is can be very important. So it it's the way that they carry that out, but it is very different than most games. So it takes a little getting used to and can be very frustrating in the action sequences when you're fighting a boss or something, you know, so. Interesting. I'm intrigued now. I'm going I'm to have to try it. Definitely, I would definitely recommend it, and it's nothing we'll ever do for a game episode because it's a super long game. <laughs> <laughs> of course, tackle it at your leisure. Uh, the and the only last thing is this is less of a game thing, and I I think you saw it on the face when I posted on the Facebook page, dude. I also watched a video on some NES emulator called it's called 3D Sin that converts original NES ROMs into 3D play experiences. How and, do we get that? Yeah, like, I, where I, I is that? And I was just like, what in the 
fuck is this? <laughs> My mind was absolutely blown. And I was watching the videos, and it's, yeah, dude, it's like, it's not, it, 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 it takes, it like creates a Z axis that's, that, that is, is like depth. And there's, you know, it even like you does shadows and stuff. There's like, just like a whole, it turns it into, I, I would say even further along than uh, Nintendo 64 or something, like a, a, like a wow. latter era 3D experience out of just a normal NES ROM. And it, I mean, it just, it looks, I cannot stress looking up the videos. I, uh, there's a few videos I'll put in the show notes, but I cannot stress looking it up enough uh, and seeing how amazing and, 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 and cool it looks. The thing, like, it, it's, you can't, they don't have, it's, it doesn't just automatically, like, you have to, they have to create a profile file that accompanies the ROM. You can't just put it, dump any ROM into it. And it uses just the traditional ROMs you use on, you know, Nestopia or any other NES emulator. But right. it needs an additional file that these guys, that this company, I imagine, once this thing comes out uh, at full bore and really gets some steam behind it, there'll probably be a lot of user-created ones too. And the library will grow uh, much faster than it's growing right now. But they're, they're up to 66 titles. As of the, I googled the, the list. I googled was last updated on January thirteenth. So this is like a, you know, a developing thing. Oh, okay. it's, not, it's not quite out yet. It's available on Steam right now in like a beta form, and there is a free demo you can download, and you you can also yeah you can get a VR like the full version of it will have a VR component to it, and I guess you need so this basically this means. I finally am going to buy a PC VR headset because there's no way in hell I'm not getting into this thing. <laughs> uh, so that is definitely happening now. So I don't even know how much those things cost. I bet they're expensive, the Oculus or whatever. Uh, do you have one of those? No, I was. I do not. I was looking them up today though when I was deciding <laughs> whether not to buy the PS4. But they were only like three fifty. It was only like a hundred bucks more than the PS4 one. So okay. yeah, uh, it's worth it. Only, only three. Points. Only. <laughs> Save up your pennies, Josh. Right, right, right. It's totally worth it. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, they so they they have like I said, there's six six games. They have some of the ones I saw that were cool in the list. They have Batman, Contra, Doctor Mario. Like Doctor Mario and three. Doctor Mario. Three D. I can't even imagine what that is, but. Uh, Super Mario Brothers one and three. They have Legend of Zelda, which is, is oh my god, I can't even begin to explain how cool that must or how cool my mind thinks that must be. <laughs> uh, Ducktales, Mega Man, Metroid, Metroid oh, Two, Mega Man, yes. And uh, they have both the Nintendo and the Tengen Tetris versions, which much like Doctor Mario, like how does that game become three D? Hmm. Uh, is interesting to me the idea of how that gets applied, but. Yeah, it just it sounds like the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard of, and I just I cannot wait. Uh, I I think I, I saw it. You can pre-buy it on Steam. I think it was twenty bucks maybe. Which talk about you, know, you said oh. for the headset. I guess you know twenty dollars for the, the, like this technology it's alone is crazy to me. Like I can't believe they're not charging more. <laughs> uh, I feel like they could easily charge twice that and have no problem. <laughs> Emerging <laughs> tech, get it while it's hot. So. I came up and visited you for your birthday, and I couldn't say that on the last episode. Uh, and, and I got you what, <laughs> yeah. the NES Vantage and then the accompanying USB controller adapter uh, thing to plug an NES controller into your laptop, basically. Those are like 13 bucks. the uh, adapter is, so, you know, cheap, relatively speaking. And it works great for me, but how's it worked? Have you used yours yet? 
Yes, sir. Dude, this thing is so awesome. So I tried it. I'm sitting here playing it for Kung Fu and Ninja Turtles. So much fun. Like, even while I was playing it with Knight Rider, it was actually more fun than using the normal NES controller. Like, okay. yeah, like I want to pull up Street Fighter next, you know, and get the true arcade experience. So yeah. thank you, sir. You got it, man. <laughs> did you have an NES advantage as a kid? No, I never did. No. It was just one of those things, you know, that looked cool, but yeah, I didn't have one. Oh man, it was it was. I think it's the greatest oh. video game control that's ever been created. It's 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 it is funny to me. It's like it it's like in my mind before I got my hands back on it. Uh, since God only knows how long ago it was that I had last used it, it's so much smaller than it is in my memory or was in my memory. <laughs> so it's, it, I feel a little jammed up sometimes when I'm sitting in my lap and like I feel like I don't know. I don't. There's not enough, especially. Maybe it's just the computer chair that I sit in with the emulation thing. Like it has arms on it. I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't feel natural. It's a little weird to me. It's still awesome, but it is not. Uh, I don't know. It's not as as comfortably used as I hoped it would be. It feels a little weird the whole Wait, time. You, it, you it play with it in your lap, though. I, I play with it on my computer desk, and it's like perfect. Really? Maybe. Yeah, yeah that would probably help. Yeah, I mean, dude, as a kid, yes. I mean, I like. Jab and I have talked about this before. Like we would sit cross-legged within your lap and like it would get, it would like, there was something, I don't know, man, something on the bottom of it would like fuck up your, the skin on your legs a little bit. (laughs) You used to like itch and like, like they would get rusty and shit. It's like, I know we always make jokes. Jabs, Jabs had Pepsi all over. They, 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 it's, they would often spill on his, on his fucking shitty. All we drank is Pepsi as kids. <laughs> and I remember his NES advantage got all rusted on the underside, and yeah, like that in particular would like pinch leg hairs off your leg, like your little tiny kid. Oh, uh, um, so yes, we. That's how we used to play it in my lap. So yes, that's how I do it now. I put it in my lap, but maybe I'll try it on tabletop and see if it's better. <laughs> You're an adult now. Let's uh, let's step up your game, Josh. <laughs> Uh yeah, play play your play your goddamn NES 1988 video games like an adult. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. That I'm glad it worked out, and it's uh I guess that's what we're playing now. Let's get into this fucking issue. was Hudson's Adventure Island title theme track. Kind of catchy. Don't you think so? (laughs) Kind of catchy. Uh, Yeah, and that is bringing us into the premier issue of GamePro here, which doesn't even have a date on the cover. Fuck dates. We're here and ready to party. doesn't matter when it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's now. It's exciting. It's football players. It's barbarians. G.I. Joe, let's go. Right, right. And 350 is the cover price. Same newsstand price as Nintendo Power. And that's a kind of ballsy suggestion of value, I think, considering it's just a hair over the uh, over half the number of pages that NES Power, NES Power, that a Nintendo Power <laughs> has in it. So that yeah, I think that's kind of a strong move on their on their part to to charge the same amount, especially just simply because that's Nintendo publishes that. <laughs> you know but they I mean? have, I mean, but they have Nintendo, Sega, Atari, the big three at the time, sure, right there. Sure, so sure. you know, Still, triple I mean, the value. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. I, I don't know. They, it's 60 pages, though. It's not triple the value. <laughs> They're jamming a, a more varied amount of content into a smaller amount of, of, of total, you know, shit. So I don't know. I guess, yeah, it, it could be argued in, in different ways, I suppose. But 
Um, you'd think usually, you know, the, the uh, market share acquisition mentality is undercut the competition, get in, get in the door, hook them, and then you can charge whatever you want later on. But early <laughs> on, you, they usually try to try to undercut the 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 main comp- competition. You know. Yeah. True. Uh, is, don't, don't you're starting at Microsoft soon? Isn't that isn't that like in the initial brochure they sent over? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somewhere. I need to take a second look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you already mentioned it. Uh, the cover art. Where to even begin about this cover art, man? Uh, I, <laughs> it's like, is this the Rostin guy on the on the bottom right? Like, I don't know who that's supposed to be. Well, I don't know if you could say you know who, or you could say who any of them are i think that the ambiguity is a little bit of the i don't know kind of the point like i like i what i would say is is they knew exactly who their target audience was you know which mm. 11, 11 year old boys lock it in yep. <laughs> all of us like, what are the three human beings that would best pique the interests of an 11 year old boy and it's these three dudes it's it's these three dudes <laughs> yep. you want war no oh, you want to fight you like swords oh you want you want sports it's yep. it's all here all we here, got you. Yeah. yeah we have three uber males and extreme aggro poses <laughs> all uh yeah you're a football player he's like running at full steam you know and mm-hmm. a machine gun to- toting soldier with an eye patch no less like <laughs> there and then yeah a sword brandishing barbarian and they're all tearing through the cover like right at the reader you know it's just such a how yes how much child testosterone <laughs> we fit out of one magazine cover and this is exactly it uh i'm hooked i was hooked yeah sure yeah they all i don't know they all it they all look like the dudes who central casting would have on quick dial for people, <laughs> you know? like there's just nothing they are just like the stock stock you know? photography yes <laughs> like nothing unique about them whatsoever but spot, but spot on nonetheless yep <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> yeah, very extreme cover. Um, good job. Gotta love it though. Yeah, way to kick in the door on the right at the beginning. They and they, you already mentioned that as well. But they, they had they tease is, is Nintendo, Sega, and Atari here. So I guess we're going to dabble in some Atari talk now. That was not uh, in the original <laughs> uh, synopses for this whole idea of a show here. But uh, if it's here, I can't imagine we'll just gloss over it and say nothing. So, hey, eighty nine. They were they were still in the game then. I was I was definitely a card carrying member of, <laughs> of the Atari Club. Yeah, I told you, I didn't. I got my my NES in. Yeah, I was in fourth grade. So, uh, was it maybe third grade. But either yeah, either way, I mean, third grade would have been nineteen ninety eighty eighty nine ninety ish. So yeah, I mean, I was definitely early eighty nine. There's no question. I was definitely still. Uh, rocking my Atari 2600. So that, but the thing is, like most of these games are not the 2600; they're the 7800, which is I know nothing about. You know. Oh, I had both. I was definitely like riding the Atari wave until I think '91 is when I got my NES. You are going to be our certified expert on 7800. <laughs> oh yeah, 7, titles rather. So they also dropped two tantalizing teaser lines here at the bottom, uh, buttering you up about the mag's contents. One is hot tips on pre-release games, triple your scores. Mm. And that's oddly specific, tripling them. But the other one is the pros show their secret moves. So, again, just kind of like stock video. I don't know. There's just nothing specific. There's, it's, it just couldn't be more ambiguous, you know? Right. It's like video game sentences. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like who, are the, who are these pros? Like, yeah, wait, like what? If, if you task Siri with, say, a video game sentence to me, it would be one of these. <laughs> right. 
So that is the fucking cover. And moving on to the inside here, we get uh, our first wacky ass advertisement. And it is Atari trying to get people to sign up for something I've never heard of. The Atarian Club, and you already mentioned that you are a card carry member. Did you carry this card, dude? <laughs> this is what I was talking about, Atarian. So, like, oh this was God. my jam. There was an actual magazine. I did not have Nintendo Power magazine. You know, I went to the like you and I talked about it. Like, I went to the library whenever Nintendo Power came out to read the Nintendo Power magazines. Loved it, but like, I didn't have an NES, but I had an Atari. So you better believe. I was going to buy an Atari magazine because it made me feel like I was in the cool kids club. <laughs> so, absolutely, sir. <laughs> what was that magazine like? Dude, it was like random Atari game advertisements and then like some like comic books with some Atarian character like Is this dude like their main mascot? This no, not the not the not the little Shazam kid. No, it was like <laughs> it was definitely way cooler than that. <laughs> Uh, that's good because yeah this mascot is not a dope mascot at all no he is not selling you right yeah. now oh man well i, I kind of <laughs> feel you you have my uh interest peaked i kind of maybe we should do a, an episode of atari and this is like a bonus episode or something i would love to go through one of these fucking things i'd never heard of it I'd, i again you know like i said i had an atari and i was into it dude but i had never heard of this thing so uh oh, yeah. never googled it i've never done any research and i can't believe i didn't do more research when we were when i was reading this come to think of it but yeah, maybe that's the, how long were they? Were they like little? Were they like you know newslettery, like fifteen pages or something, or were they like was it a full on magazine? I want to say it was probably like twenty some pages or so, but I can't remember. Like it was definitely short lived though. This was not something that went on for years and years. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> Sorry, for sure. They were they were bankrupt very soon after this. Uh, the seven that that glorious seven eight hundred uh, being the reason. So. <laughs> The the yeah so we were just glossed over there the the illustration uh, has an incredibly second rate feel to it like you said this Shazam kid for sure it's like uh, yeah it's a childhood in a Superman esque superhero tights kind of deal and he's holding a lunar satellite above his melon where that has all the kind of details about I don't know the magazine or whatever so uh, yeah it's a, it's a thinly veiled attempt to get you to subscribe to an in-house mag of the very own official Atarian magazine is the is the actual title of it and they do it by yes kind of like veiling the subscription <laughs> sign up <laughs> in you're signing up for a club you know you're not you're not the, the magazine is ancillary you just get the magazine if you sign up for the club and they charge 15 bucks for what you get the package that you get is six issues of the mag uh, which I insinuating bi-monthly and uh the obligatory t-shirt of course a sew-on patch which is also kind of obligatory for this time period patches were were big <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. a lot of these things gave away patches and a laminated id card and they, i love that they specify it's laminated like lamination means business <laughs> uh, that makes it official for yeah. sure josh come on <laughs> yeah if it wasn't laminated this would be bullshit but it's laminated so yeah uh, well worth your money and yeah they're, they're trying to tout uh like the value you're getting here and they list off the dollar amounts that each item is worth you know? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, an accounting and, i love yeah, it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it totals up to a whopping 25 bucks so you know it's basically like they're paying you 10 bucks to subscribe bro like you, you, you have to be an asshole to not <laughs> like right why would you not <laughs> uh, uh. And then final, the final button on this baby is six to eight weeks for delivery. Can you fucking imagine waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting six to eight six weeks? Six to eight weeks to arrive at your house right now. Like, get the fuck out of here. I, I like, 
I tell me anything eight weeks from now, and I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> like I don't want to talk to you about anything. Eight weeks from now, I, there's we're not even talking about the same universe. <laughs> hey, it takes time to make that Atari T-shirt. Okay, awesome. that is yeah. custom fit. I can't even imagine. Uh, so I think what's the is it Viacom, the company that had bought Atari. Uh, Warner, Warner Communications had bought Atari, so you know that's a huge corporation. There, God only knows uh, what kind of slave labor they were. Uh, <laughs> t-shirts out of so yeah they probably don't work too fast um the next thing is a Taito one pager for bubble bobble and this is one of the better early nes co-op titles and it's like a little repetitive uh to rock solo but the co-op of it is, is pretty cool like you're did you're you did you is this a game you ever fucked with I did not it was never my jam but uh, at least Taito did something original this time uh, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, you control these adorbs. Uh, they call them brontosaurus buds, which is cool. And, uh, uh, or a, a fun description anyways. And you blow bubbles, the trap enemies, and then you kick them off the screen to frag them. It's kind of, it's very similar to, I would call it, uh, the original Mario Brothers, which mm. two, two step kill mechanic, you know, where you like Got jump it. beneath them, knock them over, jump up there and kick them off. It's kind of similar to that. Um, it's, the game is over a hundred levels. Uh, or screens, as they're called here. So that's a lot of fucking levels to stare at for, <laughs> for an NES game. And I've played this shit. Like, I remember I, I remember running it as a child. I've played it a million times. Like I said, it's a fun co-op game to pick up a fuck with with someone else. Uh, but I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten, like, ten levels in, basically. It's probably wow. gotten out of the hundred. So I can't, just, I cannot imagine playing it for a hundred levels. Um, you know, they're relatively quick. Like, you know, the, like, the first ten levels are like, you know, six to eight, six, eight, ten enemies. Uh, you jump in one screen, you jump around, you shoot a bubble, kick them off, and you're moving on. Uh, so they're relatively quick, but like a hundred levels is a lot of levels. Um, That's a lot of a lot of bobbling. Yeah, that is. A lot of <laughs> yeah, uh, they do have a password system for it, so at least they had a vague understanding that there's very oh, nice. scenes could spend that much time uh, just playing this game in one sitting, but uh, nonetheless. So that uh, is the last thing they drop on you before we get to the table of contents. And it's not, I wouldn't say, nearly as colorful or, or pretty as Nintendo Powers. And it's only one page as opposed to the two you get Nintendo Power. And there's still nothing about dates here. Um, uh, that you know, it, it being on newsstands in May 89, uh, which we haven't mentioned yet because they haven't mentioned it. <laughs> but that is what it's hit, hit newsstands is May 89. Uh, and then they give us a pretty fucking cool ad or cool looking ad for the power glove uh, across the staples here. And they got some little prick with uh, tons of hairspray, I would say, in his hair. (laughs) I wanted to be that dude. Like, he's with the the sunglasses, the nondescript black jacket, and the power glove? Come on. Of course. I had the power glove, and I can tell you uh, this looks way cooler than it actually was. Uh, Really? Oh, man. So jealous. Yeah, so yeah, I, I was the little prick. Uh, I also used a lot of hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. This time. So uh, yeah, circa 91. Uh, and and uh, I even had the official, like it, you could get like a, the like an official black vinyl carrying case for it, kind of like a suitcase. I remember that. Oh. Said in, in this kind of the blue, that blue power glove teal font at the bottom there, uh, it said just like that on the corner of the front of the case so yeah it was super legit like really shitty breaks up very very easily plastic 
uh, molded plastic on the inside that you could set everything in. Uh, and yeah, I remember, uh, it, I don't know, man, it, it's such a useless piece of shit. It's so bad. <laughs> like you have to set up, but it was cutting ed- edge technology, Josh. Oh, How could it be? That's what they sold it as, man. But like you had to set up, first of all, you had to, it was, you know, it's not pictured here because uh, it, it takes a lot of the cool out of the idea of this even, this even part of it. But it had this sensor thing. Did you ever see one of these things in operation even? I don't think I even played it like up close like that. Like, I don't think I ever got to see it up close. Oh, my God, dude. So I had this sensor thing that you had to like wrap. I don't even I can't even like you'd have to Google a picture of it. I can't possibly explain to you what it was, but it was like these. I think it was three like little sensor mechanism things. And it it was kind of adjustable to some degree that you could put on most size TVs and it would have to like one part of it hung down the side of it and kind of just flopped around <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> the other two things kind of like they somewhat fit the corners of a television. And yeah, you had to plug that thing in. I think the power glove had to be plugged into that maybe. Or I don't know, maybe that's what plugged into the NES. I can't remember offhand, but yeah, it was it was a rather elaborate apparatus. It was not, you know, you didn't just put it on your hand and go by any length. So you had to set this mm-hmm. fucking thing up to even start playing the thing. So once you do that, you would have to it came with a book and you would have to program the actual thing. Like see all those buttons on the top there? Yeah. Those, those numbers. And like you would go through the book and pick out the game that you're gonna play. So, you know, it didn't have every game, Nintendo game ever. So, like, some of the, like, the, the you know, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Mario Brothers and shit, uh, very specific games that, of course, Nintendo wanted to market this thing as being able to control were in there. But it's not, you know, it was, it was a very limited number of games, and it kind of just gave you general codes for, like, games of this type. So it wasn't even fucking specific, man. So most games you play with it were not even kind of like you couldn't even begin to con- like it just did nothing for oh, you. Uh, it really what it amounted to. And it's funny too because this is not how it looked. The actual if you google the damn thing, it had it didn't have these the, the other buttons weren't like that. It had like a normal NES controller pad on it. So what you would do is <laughs> this whole fucker up. It wouldn't work. But you had it out already, so you weren't going to put it away. You would just sit and play a Nintendo game with one hand on a Nintendo controller. That's on, <laughs> that's on your own. And like, that's what you did with it, because that, that was the best functionality you were going to get out of it. And even the games it was designed for, my Tyson's Punch-Out and stuff, it was not... You weren't just punching. It's only one hand, so of course, you're not really just punching. You, you know, the, Your other hand's not doing anything. It's not... Nothing it does is being perceived by those sensors so oh you're just, i didn't even think about it like yeah, that so you know you're like what what you're really doing you're like bending one finger at a time or like doing something with your thumb or like it's fucking oh god it sucked so bad and it was just <laughs> such a letdown i, I think i want to say it was like 80 bucks or something my dad paid for it and like you know that's more it was more than a game i believe and the idea that you bring this thing home it doesn't work and you lost out on a game you also probably wanted in exchange for this, is just a huge fuck you to a small child. Wow. <laughs> uh, but it looks so cool, you're not going to give it up. You're not going to, like, let's take this back, you know? Um, of course. That's, that's, it's a cutting-edge technology, of course. Right, and you probably had to, like, I, I don't even know how much bartering I probably had to do with my dad to get him to fucking sign on to buying this expensive-ass thing. Like, you're not going to be like, I was wrong. <laughs> You'll never get him to listen to you ever again. <laughs> exactly. He's just back in the back of the house and he's just sad. <laughs> 
yeah, so that thing was not cool at all, man. Um, Guess I did not miss out. Yeah, and it, I saw on here. I had never, I had never known this. There's a Mattel logo on here. Uh, I did not know they were involved with this. Mm. So um, you would think that's a very high-end toy company. So you would think they would have done a better job. But uh, the fine print here at the bottom clarifies that the lightning bolts are not included. Lightning bolts? What? Yeah, <laughs> that's that, great. The very last thing in the fine print. Lightning. <laughs> Are not included. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No shit. NES or Nintendo, rather. So, um, moving on, we get our inaugural uh, letter from the editor from Don Farrell, is the editor's name here. And uh, usually these guys, you got a lot of it in the early uh, Nintendo Fun Club newses, and definitely in the Sega ones, you'll see are very, these are usually very cocky. these are are written in a very cocky tone often from these editor-in-chiefs that are very boastful and oh this guy seemed pretty metered it wasn't too cocky or full of shit it was pretty straightforward Uh, the magazine is hot send us your suggestions enjoy the mag it was pretty straightforward so I kind of appreciated that because normally you sit and read it like man this guy must be a prick (laughs) yeah he's pretty much we're going to do this here it is tell us what you think Yep. see you inside yep so that's nice yep and here you go, Atari. They get a full pager for Atari. It's in black and white, which is super shitty. Full <laughs> black and white, like so, low what's the budget. the amount we can spin on this ad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the 7800 to the left of the 2600. Yeah, so exactly. you got them both there. Yeah, they're still – so that's the point. That's the, the really interesting thing about Atari and kind of their lineage of these game systems in the 80s. Uh, the 5200, it doesn't even, I don't even know, I don't even understand when the 5200 happened. Like, it seems like... Yeah, actually, that was some I weird, like, in between. Yeah, because yeah. we had one, but it was like, uh, yeah, it was like... You had all three? I Yeah, we did, but it was like, my right. dad My dad used to, <laughs> like, I think we found it or something. Like, it was definitely <laughs> not like a purchase, like, brand new, hey, this is awesome. Or like, we found it at a flea market or, you know, some kind of secondhand situation. Yeah, my I my cousins had one that lived in Brunswick, and I I remember fucking around with it at their house when I was little. And there was this, they, it had a light gun, I think. I'm pretty sure it had a light gun. And there was this barnyard game where you like shot cans and shit off bales of hay, uh, hay and whatnot. And like, like I said, a light gun. Ooh. This was way before NES happened. The light gun happened. So I remember thinking that that was awesome. But I don't remember anything else about it, so I can't imagine there was much going on uh, on the system in general. Yeah, Atari is very confusing with the way they came out. But the right. 7800 was the stuff for the for the time, man. They had Pole Position 2 as like a cartridge game, and that game was actually really fun with these odd-looking controllers you see in the end. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I don't think I've, I've ever played a 7800. I don't think I've ever used those controllers. But yes, I've read that they are ultra, ultra, ultra shitty. <laughs> uh, I think the 200 had something that was a, kind of like that too. That were also they were also kind of shitty. So maybe it was the same controller, but yeah. But it's so interesting, yeah, that they, you know, the 7800 came out and like I don't know how much you know about the story of that, but like they didn't release like because they had they had that change over Warner bought the company and and I if I am recalling the story correctly, they didn't they he didn't like when they first bought it, they're like we're not going to fucking release this thing. It's not we don't think it's going to be profitable because. Atari was it had been some down years. That's why they, you know, of course they got acquired. Mm-hmm. They were cheap, and they like the guy, the 
fucking like I can't remember the CEO's name, but he like single handedly like put the kibosh on releasing the 7800 when they originally wanted to release it. So or when it was originally intended to be released, and something happened. Oh. I think maybe he got ousted, and then down on the line they did release it way after it was actually technologically viable. So that is a big part of why the system never was worth shit because wow it was released way past the window it was supposed to be released uh and wasn't actually competitive with the systems it was up against you know so that makes a lot of sense because i was <laughs> playing this when the nintendo was released like right right in the time period we're talking about right now right. exactly which it can't even it just can't even hold yeah to the ass, you know so but yeah but because the other funny thing about it is because the 2600 was so fucking successful they just wouldn't let it go. They kept <laughs> they kept selling it forever. Like the fact that you're the fact that you're cannibalizing your own sales, you know, of your yeah. new system, two systems in fact, with this old piece of technology is just really interesting fucking decision making, you know. As like, shown by the side by side ad. Like Right, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean in fact the dude the twenty six hundred came out in like seventy seven or something. This That's is 1989. 12 years later, two system, two generation systems later, also on the shelves, and they're still trying to sell this thing for only 20 bucks less. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And these, that's a, you know, like I said, I had a 2600, dude, and I had a ton of games, and I don't remember any of these four that they're showing here. Did you, any of these games? Not at all. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I had so many Atari games, and I, I've never heard of these. Yep. Secret Quest, Dark Chambers. Sprint Master, and I can't even not begin to read what the fuck that one in the top left corner is. Crossbow? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, never heard of any of those, dude. Never heard of any of them. Uh, and I, dude, I've, I've bought a 2600 since. I told you, I've been sitting in the fucking same room I'm doing this from, and I still have never heard of these. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played it? Dude, did you have any of these games for 7800? Impossible Mission, Dark Chambers, Touchdown, and Cracked. Uh... Impossible Mission sounds vaguely familiar, but I uh, so long ago. Definitely oh, no, actually, It's weird. How did I not for some reason? Did... So yeah, there's also Ace of Aces and Fight Night, which I'm guessing is a boxing game. Yeah. Nope. Nope. None of them. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's where Atari's at right now. And Contrasting that with the next page. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it is a, uh, a feature they're terming cutting edge, the cutting edge, uh, which Atari is not. So yes, it is the epitome of contrast. And <laughs> they are touching on the Power Glove, which we've already spoken about, how shitty that is. And actually, I've never fucked with it, but I've heard the U-Force is actually shittier. <laughs> really? Dude, I'm looking at this like, how, where did this technology come from? The fact that they had this way ahead of time this is like the wii u or like the defunct microsoft connect type technology which clearly they no, no, didn't get right no Jay, the idea is <laughs> well the idea of the idea it is. Right. The technology is not, and that is that is the problem <laughs> yeah they uh it's yeah the, the u-force is um it's like if you, it, it's like I guess it looks like a suitcase, kind of uh, like somewhat like a silver suitcase. You open it up, and it's got these two infrared, or so I don't even know how what the technology would be of these two. Yeah, these two these two panels, you know, that supposedly are able to detect just your free hands. You don't even need to wear any dumb shit on your your hands, and supposedly can detect the movement. And they also kind of in the same way they try to pitch 
the power glove used Mike Tyson's punch out the idea of punching because that's I don't know, an easily conveyable thing in ads maybe is why they chose that but <laughs> uh, <laughs> something all young boys know how to do we can punch sure punch. sure sure so yeah that's that's what they try to sell this on and it yeah every, I've never tried it so I'm not gonna speak firsthand or I can't speak firsthand rather but it, everything I've heard about it is that it's absolutely atrocious and just <laughs> for shit like completely useless and uh the last paragraph in this article says it substantially improves play value, uh, which is the kind of sentence that doesn't really fucking say anything. Like, <laughs> what is play, play value? value? Yeah, what, is, what does that mean exactly? Uh, whatever it means, I'm sure they're flat out lying because it's not. It doesn't improve anything from what I've got. A for effort. <laughs> A for effort. You force team. Yep. Yeah, and both of them. They like they, they tease games designed specifically for it in here. Uh, the one called Bad Street Brawler for the Power Glove, which I don't. I've never. Uh, I've never even heard of that. So, you know, it's funny that I had one of those and didn't never even heard of this game that supposedly is the epitome of being able to use it. Um, so, I don't know, maybe that's why mine was a piece of shit. I didn't have the games. I don't know. I definitely tried Mike Tyson's punch out on it, and it was not at all fun. Fun fact, it was developed by NASA. Like, yeah. Who knew? That is, that is a cool fact. Yeah, they... they uh, it, it was it was part of a virtual environment workstation project that they diddled around with, and that's cool. I mean, I like the idea that NASA was involved with what looked like a very cool idea. Um, I wish they'd have spent a little more time in the lab with it. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we got a full pager regurgitating the cover art uh, to hawk an annual subscription of 19 bucks a year of this magazine. No mention of it being a bi-monthly deal even, which I think is very... Uh, I don't know. Less less than uh, above the table. <laughs> Maybe they weren't sure. They're like, yeah, we'll put out some magazines. We're not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they come, whatever, six to eight weeks. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's kind of lame they use the same cover art again, though. It's like, come I, on, guys. Give me yeah. a, different, a different pick. Yeah, I concur, you know. Uh, yeah, we've already seen this. Come on. Especially, like, the whole pitch is, like, uh, you know, what's, like, you, you're buying what's coming. Like, show me some shit gonna come at me <laughs> right <laughs> anything different anything and marketing 101 stuff but uh it's it's yeah the 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 it being a bi-monthly deal is not mentioned on the cover or in the letter letter from the editor so hmm. they're just like i don't know maybe they were not all just not sure about it it is in the very fine like i went back and i like really started combing this thing it's in the fine print below the masthead on the table of contents page so like in that little column next to the table of contents uh, I got and yes like it's very much fine print so i doubt anyone's read that at this point in their perusal of the mag <laughs> <laughs> uh when they first got this thing so that's yeah that's not the most uh transparent <laughs> of, of marketing the next thing after that is a full pager for image soft super dodgeball on nes and uh one of the things i, I there's already a ton of ads. Uh, like I would say a two to one ad to content ratio here in these first 10 pages. So that uh, I found that, that that was the case going forward too, I felt. So that's that's something to be said about this magazine that is very different than uh, Nintendo Power because Nintendo Power, I mean, they have some ads, but it's all for their own shit, you know? So they don't uh, they don't have third-party ads like this is kind of populated by. So that's I was not surprised by that at all. I mean, no. you got to sell it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what a magazine is. If it's not like you know, that's the, that's the interesting thing about those magazines being proprietary marketing tools is that 
they're they have a different agenda. They're selling an ancillary product line. They don't have like the GamePro obviously has no other product line other yeah. than their their sweet T-shirt sw- swag. Uh, later, <laughs> later, later, later in the <clears throat> in the issue, they don't have anything. So you know they have to. This yeah, that's how they make money. You know, so yeah, makes for a different experience, for better or worse. So they're the the. the Art on this title is pretty fucking fun. Uh, it's some dude getting plunked in the dome by what appears to be a volleyball, which I don't know. I didn't play dodgeball with volleyballs in gym class. Did you? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's very fun. <laughs> we had we had these rubber balls that were way worse to get hit in the face by. Oh, than... like the kickball balls? Yes, exactly. Oh, that's what you played dodgeball with. You played with fucking volleyballs? Yeah, man, you get racked with a volleyball. Oh man, I feel like they didn't have enough. They're kind of like airy. They're not. They don't fly with as I, much condition. <laughs> well, you just don't fill it as you know. You don't fill it up as much as you would if you're actually playing volleyball. You want to be able to like grip it a little bit. You thought a lot about this, apparently. Huh? Of course, man. <laughs> There's a whole science behind it, Josh. Come on now. Yeah, talking to you about the physics of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, fired this up and. Um, First of all, it's I, I don't know if you know about this, but it's it's the, this game is part of the Technos. It's called the Kunio Kun series of games. The what now? Kunio Kun, and that's he's the designer, I think it is, and or he's not, actually no, he's not the designer. He is uh, Kunio is the Japanese was a Japanese president named Kunio Taki, and these uh, characters are based off I don't know a caricature of him or something. I don't know the exact science of it, but it's a very distinct art style for the characters. Basically, mm. if you uh, River City Ransom is yes, what I basically equated to. It's yeah, the, the characters that are in that are in this game. And they all look kind of similar, and they're, they're kind of like these blocky looking dudes, and they all have the same kind of animation. And they're in all these a bunch of games, dude. They are in. I love uh, all those games too. Like so do I. Yeah, they're games. all great fucking games. River City Ransom is incredible. Oh this, yes, this was actually I didn't have any experience with it as a kid, but it's it's. I, I did learn that I have no idea how I'm assuming this is like some sort of I don't know if there's like a professional or like an official <laughs> dodgeball. It was nothing there's legit like, rules. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah it was nothing like the dodgeball we played. I mean, it, like dodgeball we played, like they blew the whistle and the kids they put all the balls on the on half court of the basketball court, divide the kids into two teams, put them on the baseline, blow the whistle. They run up and fight for the balls and mm-hmm. then run back. And just try to kill each other for the next until everyone's until no one's left. <laughs> like, simple yet effective. Yeah, yeah, super super simple, super fun. Nothing like this video game. <laughs> like absolutely nothing like this video game. Really, uh, I mean, I guess that part is there, but there's a way more elaborate component to it that makes it infinitely more strategy to it than just trying to kill take each other's heads off. You know, across the mid-court line. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I jumped on the Switch, and I was like, oh, yeah, this game, super fun. Like, love... I did the same thing. Love the art. And it was fun, but I had to think through the rules for a second. Like, wait a minute. Okay, so that's how you score points now. Okay, I got this. Hold on. But it, it, it was actually really fun, though. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is a yeah, way more strategy to it, because then you're really... Like, where the, the thing can come from is... Exactly. You know, you're, you're, you know, it's not just straight ahead, you know? So, yeah, it is. it is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the, another game I had, uh, uh, World Cup Soccer. There was a World Cup Soccer that is Kunio Kun style. Uh, that actually had the cart I had was a combo cart of World Cup Soccer and Super Spike V Ball. Oh, Super Spike V Ball. Yeah, a really good game. Oh, Not yeah. Though, so it's interesting to me that they were 
packed onto the same card. I don't know how that happened exactly, but um, yeah, the I had both those on the same card. And World Cup soccer was a blast, man. You could like kick this. You could get like a. You could do kind of. It was kind of like a River City Ransom move, like that. That I forget what the move is called, but where you do a jump kick and kind of do a spin in the air, and you could do that in the game as a as a like a power. Really? Game. Yeah, which was pretty fucking cool for a soccer game, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was a really really good soccer game, and I'm not, honestly I'm not a big soccer fan. Like soccer games are not really my thing, so the fact that I enjoyed that, especially as a kid, was was interesting. So it must have been good. But nice. Yeah, I was saying I have no idea. Uh, uh, how uh, dodgeball is played, apparently. Uh, but it got me thinking, like I was trying to recall my experience playing dodgeball as a child. And uh, yeah, I mean, like it's way more savage, like the way we played it. Lord, it was like Lord of the Flies type shit is what I honestly <laughs> think about. Like, it was like very like overly aggressive. And I mean, yeah, like it, it pit kids that were not equipped to be in this scenario against kids who were like built for it. <laughs> it was like a super fucked up like context to drop kids in on a regular basis. You know, I guess gym class kind of in general as a small child is that like there are kids who are just never going to be athletic or athletes and they are pitted against <laughs> you know kids who are going to be star athletes uh, in a few years. So it's it's an interesting dynamic in general. But I have this memory uh, of this. I'll never forget her name for this only for this reason. I remember nothing else about her. Uh, from, and she went to school. I'm pretty sure she was in my grade all the way through graduation. And this is the only <laughs> memory I have of this girl really. And her name was Julia Boyd. And I'll never fucking forget this. She was Nathan Randolph, who's actually a buddy of mine. I still talk to to this day. <laughs> he. We were in gym class, I think it was fourth grade, and it was like towards the end of the game, there weren't many left. Uh, no, check that. I think it was at, right at the beginning. You run up and you grab the balls. So everyone, it's kind of a mess right at the beginning when everyone runs up and grabs the balls. Right. And, uh, you know, there's so much going on that you maybe don't have your wits about you entirely and you don't you can't know everything that's going on you know so particularly if you're not the most athletic and this girl was not uh she got fucking annihilated in the face <laughs> just absolutely destroyed no blocking whatsoever she, dude i mean fourth grade 10 years old this girl just dropped to the floor and started bawling her fucking eyes oh I, dude, it seemed like forever. Like it was just the, like it was so traumatic for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everything stopped. You know, it just like everything. It was crazy. Like it's it's such like an intense memory in my head. <laughs> uh, she goes to the hospital. Yeah, uh, I don't think she went to the hospital, but she definitely went to the nurse's office. And um, yeah, we stopped. It was there was no more dodgeball that day. <laughs> <laughs> Take a ball for coming home. Yeah, it was super intense. So that's that's my memory of dodgeball, which is nothing like uh, this Kunio Kun version for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Uh, it seems solid, despite some there was some bad flickering, uh, which I, I have that too. I have yeah. that too. Well, that's it. yeah. It's when it's these NES games when there's too much going on on the screen. That's how it deals with it. You know. What else here? So we have next up. There is a personality profile of some dude. His name is Alan Fetzer, and he is Taito's Vancouver. Uh, he's the, the the head of Taito's Vancouver Development Subsidiary, and uh, the first thing he talks about, funny enough, is Rostan. Right? <laughs> I saw that. I was like, "Whoa, this guy!" Yeah. I, I wish uh, I was sitting there reading. Like, uh, I wanted to ask him, like, "What's up with the fucking jump mechanic?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. but they didn't they didn't make his job sound really cool though i'm like you know what if i was like a nerd and i knew that there was no way i was ever going to be playing sports and i was just reading this magazine and i'm like you know what i can work in video games like wait what is his job like i thought that was kind of cool yeah, for sure. No, that would have been. I mean, it's it's interesting too because the funny thing about someone, work, you know, like this dude didn't grow up playing video games. Like we're thinking about it from the context of like this has been our whole lives. But these dudes right. were not. You know, they had to move into it. That was like one of the interesting things about talking to some mm. of those, those early programmers for Atari is like, I mean, they were still they were relatively young, uh, but they weren't. You know, it was something they as adults picked up, and that's so interesting, uh, or picked up an interest in rather. Uh, it's it's interesting that that's, a different that's crazy to think about. I never thought about that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and this guy looks. I mean, he's you know probably a little bit older too. So if you figure this is 1989, what's I mean? What's the longest amount of time? I didn't do a deep dive on Alan's fucking resume, but you know, what's the longest amount of time that he had been dealing with video games? It couldn't have been more. Clearly, less than a decade. You know, I mean, yeah, if he had the what the 2679 or 70 something, right. then. Got wow. a decade there, but that's like the very beginning, and, and odds are not because he was probably, I'm guessing, he's at least forty here. He would definitely say? still an adult, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was probably thirty when that. Like, there's there's no way that he like immediately was on. I mean, you never know, I guess, but it's very assumption, uh, assuming. But uh, it seems very unlikely that he uh, would have been on it from from the get go. Agreed. Yep. Uh, so he ta- there's a lot of talk about Operation Wolf Ports, uh, which was a phenomenal arcade game. Do you remember that arcade game? Oh yeah, in the, in the big, arcade that was yeah, the jam. Yeah, the big submachine, the big Uzi, you know. Heck yeah, with the red button on the side to throw the grenade. <laughs> yeah, uh, the NES port is is all right. Also, it gets a lot of flack. I think uh, I was actually just watching. Remember, I, I think I mentioned it on uh, the last episode that uh, classic gaming quarterly guy. I was he has a new episode that came up like seven hours ago, and it's it's actually the first. It's funny because it's the first issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly, and it's pretty much the same time as this. And I was sitting there watching the first half of it as watching dinner or, or eating dinner, and it's like the same magazine basically same game same <laughs> magazine it's like the exact same thing uh i thought that was funny that i just stumbled into it that hit uh, youtube just hours before we had fucking we were doing this but um yeah he was talking about operation wolf on there and he gave he trashed it so um it yeah the arcade game was awesome the like, arcade game yeah. was awesome the nes port did was lacking for sure i agree uh it's not great but there's i, I still like you have that yeah, I thought the effort with it, there's, it did some interesting things that hadn't been done. Uh, there was like a, you know, it was like a the shooting game that could have had nothing going on story-wise, and I thought they tried to do something with it that was, there was a little bit of a narrative in there that, that I can appreciate. Um, but we're not going to do a deep dive on Operation Wolf right now. They also tease an uninvited, uh, they tease an untitled adventure game in here, and the quote is, features multiple levels where the ultimate goal is to find a sword that has magical powers. Players pick up keys to doors and uncover secrets as they search for the magical magical sword. Uh, and it's, oh, so basically a cookie-cutter Zelda knockoff like every other adventure game on the NES ever, pretty much. <laughs> like It was like, <laughs> most, again, just the most stock description you could give of an adventure game, you know? Like, are, like, are we talking about Zelda the next edition? Like, yeah. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, no specifics whatsoever <laughs> uh, in that little passage there, so I thought that was funny. Um, Fetzer says that they'll, Taito is going to take the market by storm later in 89, and uh, I tried hunting around, like he was talking about something specific, so I tried hunting around for a release that fits the bill, uh, and the best I could guess was a 1990 NES-only title called Demon Sword that I've never heard of. So, Demon uh, Sword, interesting. Yeah. Unless, unless the project that he was referring to 
you know, got delayed and came out later or something. Uh, the next thing they had coming out down the pipe was not really that impressive. <laughs> no, I, I give them a lot of flag, especially for the Rasta and whole debacle, which obviously was su- successful regardless of right. where it came from. But they actually created Space Invaders back in 78, which I, I did not know. Yeah, well, dude, yeah. I mean, Taito is, is, a, is a really, uh, they have a good lineage of uh, arcade games. Some of the porting left things to be desired, but or some of the ports rather they did for home systems were not the greatest thing ever. But yeah, I mean, arcade lineage wise, they are, they had an awesome run. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also touch on Atari's unlicensed NES games in here, which we I think we touched a little bit on that last week, and it's been beating it's a dead horse. Uh, I'm sure it's been talked about on this podcast a million times and every other, but the it seemed out of place in here. Like it did not it didn't like fit in the what came before it and after it. <laughs> it was like a very yeah. like, <laughs> off off the beaten path tangent to get into that tangent line and 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 uh, their unlicensed thing. Uh, it's it's almost like they just threw in some insider knowledge. Like oh by the way this is going on. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's exactly like it. It had a very. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, yes, like an insider thing. Like, you know, just it's it's a very this is like the hot political industry topic. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the hot political <laughs> topic in the industry right now. You might not be aware of it because you're just a commoner, but very out of But it probably that is probably the exact explanation of it. It was probably like a, it's probably all they talked about. <laughs> like, exactly. He was a third party company was basically telling Nintendo to go fuck itself. Was probably a you know, a water cooler conversation and a half. Uh, after that, they give us, they call it Hot at the Arcades, is the, is the segment name. And it is, as the name insinuates, covering some of the arcade, hot arcade things going on. And the games they mention are Narc, Double Dragon 2, and Power Drift. And I had some little coin-op exposure as a kid that I really can't muster to give a shit about any of these really. Or ha- I don't really have anything to say. Uh, did any of these, were any of these games that you ever actually had a chance to fuck with in the yeah. arcade? Narc, super hard. Yeah. Screw that game. Double Dragon <laughs> 2 was my jam. Like, yeah. so many quarters spent on Double Dragon 2. And then, obviously, the NES version eventually. Yeah. But... Yeah, the NES version I played the shit out of. I don't think I ever played the sequel in the arcade, to be honest with you. They had the first one at Starlight Triple T in Grafton. This, this mm. one was a kid. Uh, and I played the first one quite a bit. But I, don't, I, I can't think of a situation where I ever had a chance take a crack at the second one in the arcade no it was hard it was it was it was not easy it was it was definitely fun though it's supposed um, it's an infinitely on the nes version anyways it is an infinitely superior game than the first one so oh yeah oh yeah i feel like two was kind of like where the franchise really just like took off right yeah they fixed that's the the the, the buzz is is that they fixed a ton of the or the one of the buzz things they say about it is that they they fixed a ton of the shortcomings you know um and kind of expanded on your move set and just in general it was better but, yeah a classic it's one of the classics all time greats i think i sample it i think the 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 in oberlin where i grew up i believe i'm pretty sure narc was a game that spent some, like they didn't they didn't have they had one atari or one one atari they had one arcade machine upstairs uh, in this rental joint, this video game rental joint. It was actually they movies and, and games. And they had they would often have, I feel like all the time they had one machine that every few every couple of years would change. And I think one of the stints was NARC. Mm-hmm. And I'm I probably stuck a quarter in it a time or two, but I don't I can't think of it ever actually grabbing me. Uh, I don't really have any specific memories of playing it. Um so 
I'm guessing it wasn't great. No, I just remember trying it and being frustrated and thinking, this is not fun. I don't understand. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I have read, I think it says it in here, that it's kind of like a heavy, like an extra heavy storyline also to be exposing kids to. I've like, there's actually like drugs and shit in it. I mean, as the name would insinuate. Uh, and there's like, you know, it's like a very brutal game. Um, violence wise, you know. Yeah, also says why well, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. I was like nine years old, so <laughs> yeah, I'm like, eh, eh. Yeah, way too heavy. I'll go jump on the mushroom guy's heads. Yeah, so they give us, uh, and so you get this a lot of it, actually, redundancy in this magazine. You get two instances and things, which makes me think more that people are paying for their uh, placements in this. But the they do a two-page round, Operation Wolf, here, and it's the first of what yeah. they're called previews uh or rather proviews <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to previews uh it's funny even my uh word document here auto corrected that to previews <laughs> <laughs> even i probably went back and changed it and it probably still did it uh but yes they call them proviews instead of previews and they will use those little play on words uh with a lot of the section or segment names going forward here uh the article the the writer of this particular article this first one here is the eliminator (laughs) (laughs) a very hardcore uh pen name to go with um i did not notice that pen name that is awesome yeah he has quite a few uh appearances here or his writing does uh oh actually you know what that's presumptuous it may not be a he probably he (laughs) but and they use the word smithereens in this article <laughs> smithereens yes exactly the, the noise i made and that's it's a word that i just don't think made it out of the 80s like it you know <laughs> I can't it since i've seen it since 1980 something you know uh and i miss it it's actually a good word but i Smash don't them like... the smithereens <laughs> yeah right 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 um I mean, maybe not. Maybe we just don't watch that many cartoons anymore to know that it made it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably. I feel like maybe it's like a Warner Brothers cartoon word or something. Absolutely, it is. I mean, that's Wiley Coyote all day if he talked. Yeah, I'll say Wiley Coyote. Well, you know what? There are a few uh, episodes where he talks. That's one of my favorite cartoons ever. That that uh, Roadrunner, uh, Wiley Coyote j- joint. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some there's some really good ones actually where he goes like he has monologues even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those are high concept Roadrunner cartoons. Not all like that. He usually doesn't talk. Yeah. No. So uh, you could play this baby with the light zapper, uh, but that's a no fly zone for emulation purposes, unfortunately. So if you want to emulate this thing, and I did briefly, it, you have to move the crosshairs around with the D pad, and mm. that is awesome for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard pass on that one. It is. It really takes down. Yeah, it's not honestly. It's not as bad as it could be. There are games I've played like that that are just unplayable. It is playable, but you. It is a very tiring deal for your hand to play this game, uh, because of that that control. Yeah. Um, no thanks. But this uh, Operation Wolf fax file is pretty cool. I like that they kind of give you that little like, I don't know, little yeah. playthrough of what. Right. You know. The the uh, the main data points, <laughs> the KPIs. Uh, <laughs> right, this, you know, this is, it's funny that you know, if you really do uh, some thinking about this, this is like probably the beginning of where that the idea of the little ratings thing came from. They wanted something to like, you know, summate these articles yep. with. Uh, 
uh, or synopsize rather these articles. Uh, the early the early days of bite sized content, you know. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense though. Like, give me the key things. What kind of what kind of game? How do you fight? What's the best feature? You know, yep. the high points. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, and they, you know, it's it's the, it's the it will be the case on all these, which it's kind of it kind of waters down my hope, or it it, it is un, an unful an instance or an example of the unfulfilled thing that I hope these magazines that the, that GamePro would have uh, a more of an editorial approach to these things. But every one of these things ends with the same kind of sentence that is, you know. Uh, this it's just a sales pitch as opposed to mm. an editorial on it, you know. Um, so I hope that that is something that changes in, in the future issues of this. Or reading Game Pro may be entirely pointless if it's just a repitching of games we have pitched to us in Nintendo Power and Sega Visions already. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Oh, so that, was, yeah, that was disappointing. I kind of noticed that, but I was like, yeah, okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> nope for sure it was it was very much this feels like an ad uh very often uh, or just another ad rather so after that we get four pages of how america shit uh, was the company and <clears throat> i actually uh like my thought about how laboratories like it's a, a developer i had heard of and like i thought it was like a, a janky ass developer like i expected I ended up firing off all four of the games that are featured here, Rollerball, Air Fortress, Vegas Dream, and uh, Adventures of Lolo. And my expectations going into it were like, these are all going to be awful. (laughs) Uh, Not the case, though. I was fucking way, way wrong. Uh, They all had been out by Spring 89, so they were fair game. Um, And they, I had never even heard of or fucked with Rollerball or Air Fortress. And I like had a vague recall of maybe trying Vegas Dream once somehow or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sure that Adventures of Lolo was awful. And uh, so that was my initial expectation going into it. And Rollerball is not at all what I thought it would be. And I guess it's really, I didn't, even, I still hadn't noticed it until just now. I'm looking at the page. I didn't notice that that was a pinball table when I was going through it initially. So my expectation, oh, really? is, <laughs> yeah, my expectation of rollerball was that it was going to be a roller derby game. Like, oh, I was like, that has got to be awful, <laughs> uh, but it is actually a pinball game and I like pinball. So already I'm set up to enjoy it perhaps if it's any good at all. And it's actually a great fucking pinball game. Did you nice. fuck with this at all? I did not. I did not get into rollerball. It is, and I only played the first stage because it's like it's not a simple. First of all, there are stages that you like go through, which means there is a a narrative or a a a, a progress flowchart, which pinballs games usually don't have. It's usually just you play pinball and you get points, you know. So right. this this has they try to make it. There's a game to play, not just playing pinball. And that alone is a cool way to present a pinball game. So, yeah, the, even just the, so just the first stage that I played, it has multiple levels of a table that you can kind of progress through. So, you, like, you have a whole screen. And even these would kind of even kind of scroll at times, I believe. So it wasn't just that they were just a static screen that you played on and you would move to the next one. But there would be a little part of it that you would have. That's kind of like your target to get to. To get, to get the ball there somehow or another with the flippers that you have available to you and they're like you know they're pretty crazy tables too they're not standard just like two flippers at the bottom screens so oh, nice yeah try to get to this hole and then it would move up to what amounts to like another part of the stage that you're in 
and <clears throat> you could like you you were at risk of falling back down to the previous screen so you haven't necessarily progressed entirely uh you can still lose ground so that is you know again adds challenge and, and interest but that was it was like a four screen thing that you had to get through to get up to the top and i don't know if you had to i wasn't able to beat it so i don't know how you progressed to the next stage uh, exactly but there was it did look like there was something up there that <clears throat> I was trying to accomplish, like you were trying to hit these different pads that would go away. So I imagine once you get them all, um, you move on to, you know, the victory or some sort of victory state that you move on to the next stage. So yeah, it was, it was way more elaborate and way more going on pinball game than I uh, could have possibly expected it to be. So that one was pretty cool. So that was, you know, one out of four already pretty fucking good. The, uh, I don't know if you could do, it's like as much fun as it was, and even though I'm trying to explain a narrative there, like I don't know if there's enough there necessarily for a game episode, but again, like way more than I anticipated there being um, in a pinball game. I wonder if I actually have played that before because hearing you describe that, I have played a pinball game like that when when I was a kid that was very multi leveled like that. Yeah, that's but it was it. so long ago. Yeah, I might have to just mess with it now. Yeah, I, dude, I I dropped it on my list like it's on my list my hmm. list. so it's definitely a game especially you know if you're just wanting to fuck around with something for a few minutes uh yeah. it, it you know you don't have to like save state and come back to later uh it's it's definitely got some got a little bit going on to it nice the so the next one was air fortress and that sounds like a dog shit space shooter to me and it uh upon further review turns out that air fortress is a dog shit space shooter <laughs> yep uh side scrolling variety um did you fuck with that i did not a fan yeah not a fan, not at a all. fan of that <laughs> usually not a fan of space shooters so the second i expect that you, you know, i'm cruising for uh, it not being good for the, from the get go, but uh, you know, I try to approach them with some level of objectivity, and yeah, even with that, it's just awful, nothing good about it whatsoever. And Vegas Dream uh, wasn't in my NES ROM collection, which we were talking on before we jumped on and started recording. I told you, whenever that is the case, it's never a good sign. <laughs> uh, so I was actually on a plane, um, so I wasn't able to download the damn thing uh, and hunt it down, even if I wanted to. So I just watched a play vid uh, later on. And it is uh, like it actually has an opening sequence like where you, that was kind of cool. Like you're it has a very like, they, they, you know, the idea is that you're like flying into Vegas. So you like the the little cut scene in the, in the title sequence is like you looking out your plane window as you land the plane. You can see Vegas in the distance distance and stuff. Uh, and, you know, kind of like gives again, just it's, it's not just I expected it to be just like pick casino games and you play fucking roulette or something, which is, you know, a casino gambling sim when there's no money at risk on your NES. Like, just can I, can you get more boring and meaningless? (laughs) (laughs) I don't enjoy gambling in casinos. Like, I really am gambling for nothing on my Nintendo is really boring. (laughs) Uh, And that's exactly They add a little pizzazz to it. Right. Uh, Yeah, and it's it's, it's also funny, too, because uh, casino gambling sim is precisely the kind of thing that you would want sold to kids in the first place. You know, <laughs> with the marketing genius that came up with this in the first oh, place. Oh man! <laughs> um, there's a, and, and and honestly, playing through it, like fiddling with it for a few minutes, or watching the video rather for a few minutes, it there is like they did they made some efforts to give it some decent artwork and like a little bit of pizzazz visually, so it's not 
you know, just a stock shitty gambling sim. There seems there's a little bit something going on, but it is still ultimately at its core just a gambling sim. And you know, there's it's I can't imagine it being something that ever would have been. Um, yep, hard pass on that one. Yep, and then last one, Adventures of Lolo. Uh, and I, I thought this was a, like a shitty side-scrolling platformer. Uh, that was my expectation. And if I had looked at the fucking ad I'd, or the article in more depth, I would have noticed that it's not. But I didn't before I played it, so uh, I was wildly incorrect. <laughs> it's a it's a top-down puzzle adventure game, uh, a little bit like Solomon's Key, which is, is a game uh, mm. that was in a an earlier issue on the Nintendo side. And that game was fucking... I also thought that, that game was some sort of s- shitty side-scroll, and I was wrong about that, too. And that game is awesome, dude. Uh, if you want a, something to play for a few minutes, if you like, like challenging puzzle-type things... Mm-hmm. Uh, Solomon's key is awesome. And honestly, Adventures of Lolo is very much in the vein of, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, dude. It's it's a really it's got a nice little cutscene by NES standards when you fire it up. And then this the the game itself is did you did you play this one? I did not play this because I wanted to add this to my potential list for next time to review. So I wanted to steer clear of that one for now. Ah, well you can uh you dude, you don't that they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I guess I, <laughs> it, it, uh, well, really- I got into so many other games reading through this, I was like, you know what? In, in case we choose that one, I'm gonna hold off on that. Okay. I like that you think just the, the presentation was enough to make you think that it would be worthy is pretty funny to me. Well, I mean <laughs> these, <laughs> these pro views are, are pretty great, Josh. They sold sure, me pretty yeah. hard. They were sell it for sure. That last the last sentence of this one, I can't remember what it is, but I bet it really jazzed you up. <laughs> hey, the in addition to Lolo's catchy tune and fun graphics, combined <laughs> to make it an exciting yeah, new addition for the Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's funny. I remember reading that. Yeah, that's exactly it. The yeah, dude, yeah, this game is fucking great, man. It's so yeah, it's like a top-down deal, and there's single-screen puzzles basically, and you. You, know, you kind of got to sort out how to open. There's a chest, and you got to get a key to open the door to move on to the next thing. And like how you acquire that key and open and get to the chest to open it, uh, are you know there's it it adds different problem sets uh, or changing problem sets screen to screen. So uh, usually there's some enemies involved, and you got to figure out how like what they're like. There's it's I wouldn't call it there like there is an action component to it, mm-hmm. but it's like it's not at all intense or high you know it's uh, you, you don't it's minimal the action element to it but there's a little bit you do have to move and things can walk into you and you gotta you know you do have to use the controller and react to things at times but it's much more so about understanding the way a certain enemy behaves and then making a plan to avoid that things attack and still get to the place you're going or open the thing you want or poke the push the block that you want to push um so yeah, it's very, uh, very, very puzzle driven, and it was, yeah, it was a lo- ton of fun, man. Like absolutely, it's it's funny that you said that without even playing it. It is one thousand percent enough there for a game episode for sure. Um, so nice. See, also Courtney, she tried it out, and she told me it was really hard, and yeah. that alone makes me think I totally have to try it just because. Just because <laughs> you said that. <laughs> just seeing Yep. <laughs> just so I can beat it, just like, oh, so, uh, honey, it wasn't that bad, you know? Like, yeah, is she, like, sitting there reading this while you're reading these things? No, no, we've we've talked about it, though. Like, every time, you know, I find a game, and I'm like, oh, did you you remember about this game? We haven't played this since way back in the day. Did you ever play that? And we'll just talk about them. And this is one of those games. And she was like, oh, that game was really, really hard. So, naturally, I wrote her down, like, yep, look into this game. <laughs> I love the idea of 
fucking entire family sitting around talking about this. Jay, that's that's super that's super deep approach to the to to the ISOH podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's real out here in these streets, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it says there. Yeah, there's 50 screens in the game, uh, so plenty of substance. Um, nice. Certainly, um, I'm sure it gets quite challenging. I don't think I, I made it. Maybe three or four screens in before I hit a kind of a, a, a roadblock, and I was like, Nyeh, and moved down with my life. Uh, but not <laughs> enough there to to keep trying for sure. Next up, next pro view is Bubble Bobble. So we're re- revisiting that uh, ad we saw, or the game that was in the ad that right at the beginning, and uh, of the issue. And uh, I already mentioned it kind of in, in briefly, but there's it's interesting how much advertising overlap there are with games featured in the magazine. Uh, like if you have a game feature about like if, if it is entirely editorial uh and you you know you would think i guess i mean if it is editorial then maybe they wouldn't know and that's why you would still pay for an ad but you would think especially for this first issue like they're reaching out to these companies and being like hey do you want to spend money on advertisements in this video game magazine and like you have to assume that there's some dialogue about we're doing a a pro view You'll find out that's a preview. They'd have to explain it to them because they would know what that is. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we're doing a thing on Bubble Bobble. Anyways, you have to imagine that that either that dialogue happens. So why would you bother to buy an ad if that's happening without it being paid for? Or is part of the deal for advertising? You get a two-page deal and a one uh, a two-page uh, write-up and then a one-page ad. Uh, in the magazine also and that's like some sort of combo deal you know <laughs> i think it's part of the deal i mean you talk about number of impressions right like you you want you want the audience to see your game as many times as possible so if you can get an ad at the beginning which is a, just a quick little short hey this is bubble bobble then later on you get a full two-page spread where you're explaining it and somebody is saying that they played through this game and this is how you did it and it was great and it was fun then hey, Joe advertising kid at you know kid in the street is going to say hey why not I looked at it this guy says it's great they're a pro right. <laughs> they reviewed it <laughs> I'm in pro. you know he's a pro I'm telling yeah. mom and dad put this on the Christmas list for sure uh, yeah I don't know I'm, I'm just so curious to know if it is like literally sold as such or if there is literally an editorial component to it where they just they did a piece or they bought an ad and they decided to do a piece completely separate to that i would just love to know the truth behind that but you never get that unless we're able to hunt down uh one of the writers if we could find the eliminator maybe uh hunt him down <laughs> the eliminator set him down for a serious conversation uh a hard-hitting interview on on the pod uh to find out the truth behind that let's do it eliminator if you're listening let's... yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it's funny. I, I I didn't get to it here in my notes, but I wrote down. Uh, I was gonna to uh, to ask you if if your boys at Microsoft had the line of thinking, and you. It's funny that you gave me a spiel like you just did. That was sounded like a very cor- corporate toe line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, question answered. Uh, so I feel like the copywriting in this magazine is more mature than Nintendo Power. Uh, I didn't. Uh, you haven't been to those magazines in depth yet, but you will start. You will notice in Nintendo Power, anyways. Uh, it remains to be seen whether Sega Visions has it because we haven't gotten that far yet. But Nintendo Power has a ton of puns in it, <laughs> and I fucking hate mm. puns. <laughs> uh, this magazine has very few to no puns, and I was very appreciative of that. Uh, I didn't clock a single one in even this write-up. And this is a game. This is the game where you would absolutely see puns. If they were pun-minded, you know, right. uh, this this cartoony game. So um, I can see that, but they're sticking with their their whole 
professional stick here. So they're they're the pros. Yeah, this they is pro tight. views. They don't have time for puns here. <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> Take your games elsewhere. Yeah, well, I yeah, I'm very I'm appreciative of that. I, I dig it. No puns is good. So road, round, round, rounding out the Nintendo Pro Views is a half-assed two pages on Adventure Island here. Uh, it's basically <laughs> just one page of copy and one full page of illustration. The illustration is cool, though. I like the illustration a great deal. Uh, I used it on the um, uh, the little key art for the episode, actually, that I did. Um, but I, was, I was very much wondering what was happening. Like, what is this situation? Right, yeah. <laughs> I, played, I played the first level. I, I hate the game with a passion. So I haven't gotten further than the first stage or even like the first quarter of the first stage, I don't think. But yeah, I don't, I feel, I don't know. That does not look fun to me. Yeah. That did not get my attention at also, all. Also, the chubby boy does not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a different portrayal of the hero to me than of Master Higgins. I know the name. It's such a fucking weird protagonist name, Master Higgins. Master Higgins. The game blows, like I already said. It's uh, it's better on the SMS version. So if you're going to play it, I suggest that one because uh, I've fucked around with both now at this point. But um, okay, one is very good in my opinion. I do like that song though. Two two-page previews uh, on the SMS that dropped long ago. They, these are games that were featured long ago in the NES or the Sega timeline. Um, they actually both had cover um, features on the Nintendo newsletters or Sega newsletters rather so I've already fucked with these games quite a bit and we've talked about them quite a bit on here but uh, I think more important than either of those games is the fact that you are already seeing like a great deal of ism. they have four Tendo Pro Views and then only two each for Sega and Atari Um, so that is kind of that carries over I was wondering what the thought was there the thought was there's better and more games uh, for Nintendo. <laughs> and, you know, Nintendo, honestly, flat out, Nintendo is probably paying them more money. That's also probably the reason. <laughs> they probably made, there's more money available to be spent on advertising by Nintendo and Nintendo developers than there are by Sega or, or Atari developers. And thereby, more content. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at the games that we have for for Sega, I mean, Shinobi, oh, well, first of all, Shinobi is a great game, but R-Type, okay, good game. But then Atari, we have Desert Falcon and Mario Brothers, like not Super Mario Look Brothers, the, actually, like the one screen Mario Brothers. Yeah, when I, yeah, when I, yeah, when I get there, I, 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 Desert Falcon in particular, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask you about those games, uh, given your known, ex- known experience with Atari. Uh, but yeah, they're not. They didn't, not on the same level. Videos, they didn't look that fucking great. Shinobi, yeah, Shinobi by SMS standards, Shinobi is not bad. Uh, I think we actually, I think it was one of my selections to play as a game episode when we had it first featured. It was not bad. It was playable, which most of the SMS games are not. So that's not bad. Our type, I think I was much less impressed by. I don't think, I mean, Space Shooter already, you know, not great, but. Yeah. Uh, I think visually it had some stuff going on that was slightly impressive, but the gameplay, I think it was like choppy maybe. Or the, like the gameplay was not good, I don't think, if I recall correctly. Um, I do yeah, like the I... art, though, in the magazine. Uh, and the Sega ones, I mean, I already mentioned it for Adventure Island there. The Shinobi art, like these, like it has, the art type is straight from the box cover, but I feel like some of the other ones, like that Adventure Island one is an example of this. I feel like the Shinobi art is, is an example of this. Like they're, it 
it seems like they're it's original art basically that it's not provided by the developers you know like they i don't feel like that's in any of the marketing i've seen for shinobi and you know and it's all... a poster you would hang up on your wall because it's freaking cool yeah yeah very Absolutely. cool right so i mean yeah it's it's cool that they it's not every instance like the bubble wobble one is definitely d- directly from Taito. that looks like it's off the box cover but some of them seem like they're original and i think that's very cool that they are uh if that's the case and we're not just don't remember it from wherever the box cover would be um it's cool they're spending the extra time to do that for the magazine that's cool um and not not always just doing the things like the cover the, the ultra aggro covers <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, putting a little little bit of time and effort into some of the art in the magazine um yeah and this is another instance too this with the uh shinobi that like they highlight like the end highlighting nothing but positives basically uh suggesting that it's a good buy like no subjectivity at all like these both the sega ones are great examples of that um yeah they're they're definitely being paid to play the game yeah Play the game, give you a review. It's got to be a good one (laughs) because you're getting paid to play it. For sure. And then the last thing on the front nine of this magazine is a full-page Bandai ad uh, featuring NES Wears, uh, Xevious, which you were talking about before. Actually, yeah, no, I played this game. This game is awful, dude. That's your favorite game of all time? What? It's so good. It's terrible. It's it's an absolutely terrible shooter. Oh, there's like it's it's there was no again like it was just it looked like maybe and maybe it's just as poor I, I think this was on many platforms so maybe it was good in the arcade or something but it like it had no there was no nothing unique about it whatever whatsoever it was just like a cookie cutter oh air see let me explain to you <laughs> what is wrong with this assessment now when you get up to the higher levels like they get much more complicated and it's almost like there's mechanics around the screen that you have to they just have to watch out for just to to stay alive. It it gets real intense. Yeah. It's yeah, it's really cool. Well, perhaps I just didn't get far enough. Then maybe yeah. maybe it's worth step your game later. up, Josh. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's worth discussing <laughs> later as if it was a game episode. Then if you if you feel that strongly about it, if we can find a port that works, hey, I'm down. <laughs> I played you the one. Yeah, so yeah, I'll send you the library because I I definitely I played that for sure, one thousand percent. Nice. I just when we're doing I was doing the prep for this. I one hundred percent played that game. Uh, and then they also uh, they said they yeah they have Zevius Galaga uh, and Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and then they feature this uh, Mega Controller that I've I talked about quite a bit when when I first saw it uh, in a controller feature in Nintendo Power. Uh, that's you should, I found a video of it. I'll if I can remember to send it to you. I'll there's like a short video of someone reviewing this. That is a weird ass controller, dude. It's, it's got, real. <laughs> that looks like a prototype. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's absolutely real and it it has i'm pretty sure that's the one if i'm remembering right it's that one has a game like that lcd screen has a game built into the controller like a little what? dumb lcd game that you can play without the nintendo being on <laughs> like in case you're bored like yeah, i don't yeah, dude, like what it's fucking weird it's weird as shit uh yeah, I remind me to see the video. It's interesting as fuck. I'll have to dig it out of the show notes from whatever issue that was or whatever episode that was. It was interesting. Interesting, uh, Ed. Interesting. Yeah. And lastly, Bandai Golf Challenge Pebble Beach. So uh I already mentioned I hated Xevious, but maybe I'm wrong. Galaga is an old school space shmup that isn't all that great either, but there's a certain level of fondness for its place in history. It's like it's that's a they actually had that at the at Gameworks. <laughs> oh. 
game uh, GameWorks. That was one of the machines they had, and it's it's often paired with Miss Pac-Man. I think you see it a lot as as hybrid machines in the arcade. Classic. Yeah, they had this. I remember this machine was actually that arcade game was at my dentist when I was a little kid, and I remember playing that before I would go into the dentist's office. What? My dentist didn't have video games, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I loved going to the dentist as a kid. Partly, probably because of that. And then I remember he had this big. Uh, it was actually a like a, you know, it probably was very small, but you're a child and everything seems huge. But my memory of it is this huge treasure chest of candy and toys and stuff like little dumbass toys. Uh, and like whenever you went to the dentist and you were a good boy while you were in there, you could come out and take something from the toy chest. And I thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> we had the candy, but we, we didn't have toys nor yeah. video games. Our, our yeah. dentist definitely did not have their game on point. Your dentist would step his game up. It was fun. <laughs> I was all about it. I never once regretted going to the dentist as a child. And I do. Uh, it's funny too, because I fucking had a million fillings too as a kid. Like my teeth were not good, probably because of the goddamn candy he was giving me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, so it wasn't like I was going to the dentist and it was just like just checkups and cleanings and like all you know uh, easy visits. Like I had difficult shit to do, and I still liked going. So that's that's quite a testament. <laughs> uh, anyhow, the other th- the next thing on here is Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and oh man, I've been waiting for this game. Do you know anything about this game, dude? Not even a little bit. Oh my Tell god. Me about it. So this is one of the titles that put Angry Video Game Nerd on the map, uh, if you're familiar with him at all. Are you? Mm-mm. Oh, man. This is going to be a rabbit hole for you. Uh, the, the, oh, there, it's, he's like one of the premier YouTube dudes, dude. He's like one of the first YouTube dudes, in all honesty. Uh, and he it's the Angry Video Game Nerd. And like the whole shtick is, is this dude, James Rolfe, and I believe he's based in Philadelphia. And, dude, I mean, he started in, like, I guess, early 2000s, man. Uh, he's been doing it for probably oh, 50 wow. And it's like a like kind of a you know half-assed character, and like they're super, you know they're like they're intentionally cheesy kind of and like low production value. And he's even like you know he became so popular that he kickstarted a movie that was kind of in the same vein of this with like really bad special effects and stuff uh, that he successfully funded and made. And it's an interesting movie. But the show on YouTube is. Uh, he is like this nerdy dude, as the name insinuates, and he gets. Like he does these like ten to fifteen minute videos that are like diatribes uh, about how awful some of the old game, many of the old games are, and he does <laughs> a game episode for fifteen minutes just bitch and piss and moan about the shitty components of a video game of a certain game, and the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde video is like one of his probably most watched videos. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch, and like you know if you I when I as I often do, I when I find something, I just consume all of them. I'm a psychopath, and uh, <laughs> I definitely, when I found those, I just, you know, dude, I mean, like I said, 15 seasons or something of it, and he did a ton of episodes per season. So I said and watched, I don't even know how many of them in a row, probably, over the course of a couple months or something, and, <laughs> like, it gets kind of old, like he's, it's, you know, it's repetitive and, like, the same He's kind of like there's a little bit of a, kind of like a shit a poop humor component to it, a kind of a oh. poop humor to some of it, which is I'm usually not a fan of. Right. Um, yeah. But because it's old video games and some of it is actually kind of insightful at times, he actually has accurate and semi intelligent, despite the veiled in poop humor uh, <laughs> uh, evaluations of the games. Uh, it, it's it's worth at least taking a look at for sure. Um, if only to know, be familiar with it in your vernacular about these old video games, because it is very much part of the video game zeitgeist, the old video game zeitgeist. Uh, I'll check it out. 
Yeah, but his on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, maybe that's a good place to start because the game is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> as, so, as many of these old games were. Yeah, dude, this is it's so bad, though, dude. And like I said, like, you know, the whole that that whole premise that shows concept is kind of like he's like hyperbolic and kind of over the top about his uh, how adamant he is about how shitty the game is. So, that's, you know, it, you can like, take it with a grain of salt. But he like this one, it deserves everything he says about it. Spot on. <laughs> like, it's like. You can't. It, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin, man. It's like I had never even played it actually, because uh, it it just now came out. So I had, you know, I was, I was abiding by my rules and I hadn't played it uh, up until this point. So I mm-hmm. fired up for a few minutes and, dude, it's like it's completely intolerable. Like you, so the whole premise is you are you start the game as your your Doctor Jekyll and you like go into this little village and like everything can hurt you. Like everything hurts you. <laughs> Normal people on the street can hurt you. Everything hurts. You got to jump over these things and like, dude, there's like, it does these lightning bolts out of fucking nowhere. There's no indicator that's coming, and it'll just zap your ass. And you, so you you proceed through the game, and it's hard as fuck just to begin with when you're Doctor Jekyll. But when you get hit enough times, like you have two meters, you have a life meter, it's like a total HP meter, and then you have the meter that's kind of like your sanity meter to a degree and when the sandy meter goes down you turn into mr hyde which would be a cool ass mechanic if it was if it was employed well i think but when you turn into mr hyde you have to you can only move backwards like you start you can't proceed further in the level so when you turn to mr hyde everything gets weird on the screen you turn into mr hyde and you can you you start you can only move further back in the level and it's like you're just moving back to earlier in the level. So you have to survive being Mr. Hyde and like things are weird and it's harder for you. You have to survive being Mr. Hyde. And then once you come out of it, you start further back in the level or or you just pick up further back in the level with Dr. Jekyll and have to go back through back, back through the same shitty things you shockingly made it through (laughs) already. Like it's just, and you just, I couldn't get anywhere in it, uh, with that being the case. Like I didn't even come close to finishing the first stage. I don't think, uh, that does not sound interesting. I almost want to play it though, and 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 do it as a game, as a as a game episode, just because of like <laughs> it's such an atrocity. Like I want to experience the whole atrocity. <laughs> I, I think it might might be it might be too much. I don't know. Oh man, we'll see. Let me test that one out. Let me test that one <laughs> out on the side. <laughs> we'll reconvene. <laughs> oh, we don't have. We don't, we have to decide now. At the end of this episode, we're going to decide. <sighs> All right, that's right. That's right. All right. We'll see if I'm if I'm up to putting us up for that, uh, and we'll try to argue through it if I do. But the last thing on here before we get into the break is Bandai Golf, and I also couldn't find that in my ROM library, so I fired up a play vid. Uh, it doesn't look spectacular. Uh, it's kind of like all it looks very similar. Like all the golf games on NES are very similar to me, or most of them, anyways. And this is very much in line with kind of the original golf and Lee Trevino's and all the other ones that we've seen to date. Uh, the one difference that I saw that was kind of interesting is they put a side view of the course on the top, like 25% of the screen. So you can get an idea of elevation. And I hadn't seen that. Oh. In one of these games. And that, you know, obviously for a golf experience, that's important. You know, I don't even play golf and I get how important that would be <laughs> for <laughs> deciding what clubs to pick and, you know, how hard to the fuck ball and stuff. So uh, that is a cool aspect that I had not seen yet in a golf game. So that's commendable, but otherwise it didn't look like anything worth playing. And did, I assume you didn't fuck with that one? No, because it said coming soon. So I was like, ah, it's not out yet. Moving on. You gotta check, though, because these magazines aren't always right. It's out. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> it's in the list, too. Jay, oh, the, the rules. List, the list rules all. The list has been checked. <laughs> All right. So the list is the the single source of truth. 
Yes, for sure. No. I don't even have any doubts about the validity of the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Night Rider. A shadowy flight to the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight. That is the Knight Rider PS2 game theme, which would be the first non-8-bit video game music used on this podcast, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was Knight Rider. I mean, it, it, it is super hot. I agree. Uh, it is very hot. And I was actually, before you sent that to me, I... Uh, was trying to discern. We're going to get to uh, Knight Rider here shortly. Uh, I was trying to discern whether I thought that that was the the title screen theme in the game on the NES was the actual Knight Rider TV theme. Uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I didn't bother to Google it. Uh, and uh, when you sent me this, I was like, nope, definitely not. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely <Yeah>. different. <laughs> But yeah, that was my jam as a kid. I was it was really cool to see that here in the magazine. I was like, "What?" Because I, I had never played that game before, you know. Yeah, uh, like I said, I earlier I, I had uh, a very cool TV show, Car Beyond Cool, the voice, the car voice, Beyond Cool, everything about Naturally. it. Naturally, cool. David Hasselhoff, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Hoff. Yeah. Uh, all very very cool, but we're not there yet. First, we get some our Atari previews here, and the first two games are, as we already mentioned, Desert Falcon and Mario Brothers, the original. And uh, since you had one of these fucking things, did you ever play either of those games on the seventy eight hundred? Never played. You know what? Desert Falcon does not look familiar, but I had so many freaking Atari games. It wouldn't surprise me that I played it. This Mario Brothers game, I definitely did have, and man, it's so, like, I don't know, I'm not one of those people who gives love to it, like, oh, it's one of the original Mario Brothers. To me, it's just, like, low budget. It's, like, one stream, <laughs> like, like you're just you're just knocking the little crabs up when they jump, like, yeah, like, there's nothing, Atari, what are you doing here? Like, there's nothing to probe you. <laughs> Come on. So you're, you're saying, are you saying that the Atari version of it is extra low budget or the fact that there is this game, there's nothing going on with this game, no matter what platform you're playing it on, no matter um, what platform you're playing it on. Cause it, this is like, I'm pretty sure that like on Mario three or one of the other Mario brothers games, this is like a little mini game within it. So the fact that it's like its <laughs> own brothers, game Mario brothers yeah. three, is like a little, you fight over, uh, I think if you go on to, previously beaten stage you can that's fight, right that's fight right for, yes fight for the little cards from the match game that you get you know uh you can get like the uh sorry not the match game but when you when you finish a level you you hit the little thing and you get one, either a star of a mushroom or a uh fire thing and if you get three of those you get that item for your inventory so you can fight the other character the other player for their cards actually some say you can do it as strategically too if you if they have you have two of something and you want the third one or vice versa you can give your other player one so they get the item uh as opposed to a, a card maybe you didn't want to use in the first place but yes you can actually swap the cards that you have for that by playing mario brothers oh um, yeah so yes it is a mini game uh 
I don't know if that's a reason to discount it in general, uh, but this version of it, when I was watching the play video, is ultra shitty for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just when you're putting it up against, at the same time, like Mario 3 right. had just been released, you know, through it, the, it, the Wizard movie, enough. like, Mario come on. Mario, well, yeah, it might have been in the movie by then, uh, but the it wasn't on the NES yet. They were previewing it, and actually, they give you a preview of it in this magazine later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but Mario Two is out for sure, and obviously, Mario Two is on a fucking on a you know whole different level. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty crappy. I think choice it shows the fact that they chose it is almost like its own indictment of what the offering of the system had game wise. You know that they exactly, exactly. I. Th- I th- I don't know what you would have chosen <laughs> else that was coming out around that time better, but yeah. Uh, well, also, I watched a video of Desert Falcon, and uh, uh, I think I think it might be the first time I've ever seen 7800 gameplay. Even I, I don't, I've just never, there's no exposure to the system whatsoever, and it is lower quality than NES for sure. Uh, I would say it's marginally better quality visually than the 2600 shit, so it looks a little better, I guess. The sound, though, is identical to the 2600 sound effects. I mean, the <laughs> stuff is just awful, like, boops and bleeps and stuff. Like, there's no no nuance or, any, it, like, there's nothing going on with the sound at all that is above just the most rudimentary of possible game audio <laughs> you know yeah, it, it definitely had some better graphics i i definitely noticed on certain games better graphics but yeah the sound was the sound <laughs> it did not uh, yeah. so this appears actually like a desert falcon i see that name and like i assume that's like a fly you know even like the pictures kind of you know they're kind of like small like you don't really look really close you don't notice that it's a bird i expected that this would be like a plane shooter of some kind, you know, even reading the article a little bit. Like I said, I kind of just bounce around. I don't even bother to like look deeply at the, the the screenshots. But yeah, you're actually controlling a bird. So when I was watching the video, I was like, well, that's at least kind of an interesting thing, a mechanic, a different mechanic. Like you're controlling this big falcon. Uh, that's different, at least idea wise, you know. So that was kind of interesting. But other than that, uh, it did not look like it was very fun. <laughs> Hey, it's pharaohs in Egypt. It's supposed to be unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we get to the Super Mario Brothers 7800. Uh... <laughs> Did you read the last <laughs> the last passage of the, Mario's, of the Mario Brothers one? Oh, yeah. Oh. The closing pitch at the end of this write-up is, if you like colorful animation and carnival music. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, play the calliope for me, clown. <laughs> I love it. I just can't get enough of fucking carnival music. Uh, in fact, that's the sales pitch of it is hysterical. Um, yeah. And there you go. Kind of, kind of sad. Expectedly sad. Or expected, but still sad. Uh, for, like, where the state of, or the value of that system in general. So the next two, the next thing is a uh, six pages of what they call secret weapons, which uh, amounts to a classified information esque rapid fire of codes and tricks and shit for a bunch of games. So uh, much like the same that that section in Nintendo Power, where you just get you know little little tidbits, uh, hints for for various games. And in here, they kind of the I don't know. Again, I mean, where else? You know, I don't know. There's nothing in here that I feel like I haven't already seen in classified information in a previous episode or issue of Nintendo Power. So I feel like they just like took an issue of Nintendo Power and wrote shit down. <laughs> you so, you, so you think these are ripped codes? Because when I saw this, 
the first code I saw is this Contra one. So I'm like, was this the origination of the Contra cheat code, or no. did it come before? Oh, no, yeah, the Contra code is notoriously in the first classified information of the first Nintendo Power. That's like the... Okay. Or maybe it's not the first one, I don't know. But it is definitely Nintendo Power. It's already happened. Uh, that's one of the beauties of doing these these magazines exactly in the order they hit newsstands is you can be certain of the timeline of things. And gotcha. Long ago, all these, most of these, anyways. I don't remember every one of these codes specifically having been having seen, but or having seen them. But uh, the Contra code for sure, and they oh, you do the Life Force one later. That's the same code. <laughs> Which Game Pro, you're full of lies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and you know, the best part about the Contra code being here, and it already hadn't been seen in Nintendo Power Magazine, is the code here is wrong. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, they tell you at least slightly. It's not. I mean, I mean, it's you know, it's wrong. It's definitely wrong. Oh, it but, is wrong. Yeah, Whoa. it tells you that uh, you have to wait for the title screen to stop scrolling in before you can start the code, which is not true. You fucking as soon as the machine turns on, you do the damn code. And I would think that it would be very difficult to pull off in the time because if you don't get it done before it goes to the demo, you don't. It doesn't work. So yeah. you have to hit the start button or something again to go back to. The, the, the screen so you don't you know it, just, it fucks up the the, the cipher <laughs> of the, of the, <laughs> of the pushing. so yeah uh that's wrong so it's funny that it's not only regurgitating information but it regurgitating it incorrectly uh the other one that caught my attention a little bit is the afterburner continue code did you look at this one no it involves pressing the pause button exactly 100 times on the title screen. What? Before the demo starts. Like, what in the fuck? A hundred times. Like, hitting the fuck. Can you imagine? Like, just. Like, it says before the demo starts, too. So that means you got to, like, do it fast. <laughs> so, like, you got to turn the machine on and just. Like, that is like, intense. Yeah. What do you even get for this? Oh, Invincible. Oh, yeah. wow. Which is, yeah, it's worth it. That's a cool thing. But, uh, no, it's the continue code, I think. It's a continue code. Yeah, it's a continue code. Uh, but yes, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, I would have. Yeah, you know, if if that's what the Rostan continue code would have been, I probably would have fucking done it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it that's 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 a bad. I don't know. That's a tough thing to make the player do. Um, that's intense, you know. And it's it's funny. It's uh, not as memorable as the contra code either. You don't see that on t-shirts. <laughs> Just like, Definitely not. <laughs> the word start a hundred times in a row uh, would not be nearly as cool as a bump down down left right left right BA split start. Yep. Um, so after that, we get, uh, three pages for previewing, as we just talked about Super Mario Brothers three. And, uh, it's funny. They gave this, this heavy hitting assignment to the eliminator again. So he's, he's like their top dog for sure. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the article kind of intensely for a preview, I think goes through each of the eight worlds one by one. It's very thorough. I like that. Like, it, it's interesting to me. Like, they kept mentioning the Famicom in this. And I remember as a kid, do you remember that? Like, the Famicom being this thing where it always came out, stuff always came out for the Famicom first in Japan before it ever came out for us. Still does. It's still the way it is today. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm just not paying attention anymore. <laughs> it, 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 was much, it, was, it was a much bigger lead time back then, uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, things, you know... Uh, I know Dragon Warrior is an example I can think of. Like when they were talking about previewing that a few issues back in Nintendo Power, they had it was in like the fucking world news kind of section uh, at the back end of Nintendo Power, and they were talking about 
this crazy RPG experience that's going to blow your mind coming to the U.S. And they actually, for the picture that they showed in the article, it was a picture of people lined up in Japan for, I think it was Dragon War, a Dragon Warrior 3. So, like, Dragon Warrior 1 wasn't out here yet, and they were lined up at this time to buy Dragon Warrior 3 when it was coming out. So that's how wow. far ahead Japan was then. Uh, it's not like that now, but... Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been a long thing, a, a, a long time thing that Japan got shit before we did, uh, but it was a huge thing back then. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, just the, you know, with the, I remember looking at the, they would show pictures of just the Famicom itself, and it's just like it's so different, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How different the, just the unit looks, the NES relative to the Famicom. Um, very interesting for sure. And uh, after that, they give us a full-page ad for Acclaim's infrared uh, remote NES controllers. Uh, kind of a cool ad. I kind of like it. Uh, I fucking love the CRT boob tube picture there. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for God knows what on the front of the system there at the bottom. <laughs> like, what do, all those, what do all those buttons do? What can they possibly control? On it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The TV's huge. It weighs like 50 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, more than 50, dude. Uh, I, I still can remember. Uh, dude, I had a tube TV at our apartment up in Harlem. I remember when I threw that TV out, when I moved out, I remember just throw, I was like, I'm not taking this TV anywhere ever again. <laughs> Let so it I, die. I remember when I moved to, to uh, uh, into that apartment fucking on 81st in Amsterdam, I didn't have a TV forever. I remember my uncle had to buy me a little shitty, like, actually the TV that I'm talking about right now, it's like a unused secondary monitor now it's like maybe a 13 inch sharp television that i bought i didn't have a tv for like two or three years after that because i was like i i could i was too broke to buy a new one and i was like but i'm not taking this to boob <laughs> the 25 inch magnavox uh, tele, uh tube television it was so fucking heavy like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> time to retire it yeah uh but that this acclaim remote looked awesome though. That's the thing about these ads, man. Like I feel like they're always stuff that I wanted. Like I looked at it and was like, yes, I, I would love this wireless remote. Yep, like, can sure. I have this? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to deal with a cord back then. Uh, it was fucking amazing. Dude, the, uh, the NES satellite, which was not out yet, but an NES satellite was the four player infrared thing that Nintendo. Oh yeah. Was yeah. Proprietary. Uh, my uncle actually has that. And when I, the NES that I, took from his house and now have here uh, when I was back for the Browns bills game in October, the, one of the things he was supposed to send me <laughs> in the bundle of shit he sent me after, uh, uh, after the fact, cause I could only carry so much of my carry on suitcase uh, was supposed to be the NES satellite because I wanted to not have to deal with cords. Like I have fucking cords in my living room now. And like my NES advantage is funny. We were talking about playing with that. Even on my actual NES that I hooked up to the TV, the cord doesn't quite reach far enough to be able to sit back on my couch. So oh, I to no. On the couch to play with the NES Advantage, and that sucks. So if I had the NES satellite, I could just put that on the table and cords are no longer an issue. Uh, so yes, this to have not having to deal with cords back then. Yeah, just the idea that I don't even believe that it necessarily worked that well. Like I can't nah. believe that these things worked great. I'm sure it did. Everything I found online says that they, they were fine. Dude, they, the Atari 2600 has radio remotes. Uh, no. that don't have, yeah, they're huge. Google, you gotta Google them. They're, they're so, <laughs> uh, like the, I would say they're probably three controllers worth, uh, like the, you know, the base of the joysticks. Like I would say it's like three of those and it's got this antenna that comes out of it uh, in addition to what? the joystick on top. Uh, 
but they supposedly work great. Uh, like even if you buy them, I've, I've looked at them on eBay and thought about buying them before because the cords on that suck too. Having to deal with that in my living room, they don't really go far enough. Uh, I've thought about buying those, but it seems like such a just an overboard luxury purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll probably still buy them eventually because I love spending money on dumb shit. So, uh, yeah, those are cool, and I, I never had them, but uh, I, I imagine they were awesome. The next thing up is a two-page pro news, another example of them using that, you know, the pro thing and everything, all their titles. The Pro oh, yeah. News Report, 89 Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And Atari is mentioned once in this entire article, and it's when listing off all three companies' presence at the show. And it's misspelled. <laughs> so, what? so that's the level of It's coverage. misspelled. Yeah, oh, they give Atari uh, in this, um, this, I don't know, it's supposed to be a story about like the next year of the video game landscape, you know what I mean? And that's how much coverage Atari gets in it. So that tells you where Atari's going. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's funny to me that, like, to me, this is like introducing me to CES, you know, something that still goes on today. So it kind of blows my mind that this was even com- covered back in the day. Yeah, it is. The, the, I, both the, the Nintendo magazine and the, uh, Sega ones have talked about it, and the first couple of times that it appeared, I was like, I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I know about it now, but like, and I had some of these magazines when I was a kid, and I still didn't remember, I never noticed it. So yeah, it's a, it's, it seems like a weird thing to have been covered in these because I feel like it's something that just means nothing to a child. <laughs> yeah, like, like I like, would have, I would have had known nothing about this now as an adult, like working for tech companies, like yeah, like I know all about it now, but. <laughs> It's it's much bigger deal now. Have you ever been to any one of these kind of? T- I've never been to CES, but I've been to Toy Fair in New York, and uh, which is kind of like it's it's basically the same thing, but more so for like action figures, and board games, and less. I mean, everything you know, it's two thousand fucking twenty, and when I was going to those things, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So you know. Electronics are involved no matter what with toys kind of these days, but uh, it's more about non-video game, non-electronic things uh, in principle at least. Um, but they're intense ass things. Have you ever been any of them? Oh no, I've never been the one. I I just remember a couple of years ago. Um, it, it's funny. I was at work talking to my boss, and <clears throat> we were talking about something, and I said it would be really cool. I wish I had some glasses that just like automatically took pictures of things for me when I wanted to. And so he was going to CES like a couple weeks later and he texted me a picture of somebody who was like re- releasing a prototype of that exact exactly thing. Right. Yeah. So I <laughs> yeah. thought that was like, cool. I was like, of course yeah. it's at CES. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what, you know, they're, they're, you know, I'm sure you've been to trade shows of some kind. Yeah. Uh, that's all they are, dude. They're just, it's, it's exact. Like it's, it's almost it's, honestly even toy fair even though it's toys and that's cool it's still a little depressing because it is just there's kind of just like there's this vibe of it's just people sellers booths with sellers trying to get people to walk up and buy things you know and there's just like a very I don't know it's kind of it's a schleppy feel to some degree uh, yeah. even though the things that they're selling are fun and cool and the you know the booze or whatever uh, there's fun shit at them like the actual vibe of it all is kind of grimy <laughs> uh, and I feel like every trade show I've ever been to of any kind uh, kind of has that feel to it you know um, mm-hmm. which is less than desirable in my opinion um, but yes, so uh, uh, as far as what they get into about what is that landscape coming uh, down the pipe here uh, at this 
trade show, it, they mention there's 40-some announced titles at the Nintendo booth and 20-ish by Sega. So, again, just kind of that two-to-one ratio that you get even with, like, the pro views. <laughs> you know, just like everything. Just, like, <laughs> just across the whole landscape. It's just, like, this very dominating uh, lead that Nintendo has on, on Sega. And, I mean, like, Atari's not even mentioned. <laughs> uh, there is no – what I thought was very odd here, there's no mention of the Genesis dropping in this, which happened on August 14th of 89. So it's – I think this is January, I believe. So seven months from now, the Genesis is dropping in the U.S., but it's not at all mentioned in this article. I find that very weird. Interesting. I wonder, I mean, what was up with the news cycle? I mean, there are no hints going on? I wonder if it was top secret? Well, it's just a, I mean, just a matter of, I mean, dude, it, you know, I don't know. I, I It could, that it. Maybe that, maybe yes. That's maybe it was like a uh, an a corporate agenda, like like their, their plan that they wanted it to be less lead time, known about, it, drop it out of nowhere or something. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's testament to how times have changed because I feel like I like I you know the release date of the new PS unit like four years before it hits. <laughs> <laughs> like they're talking about the, they've been talking about the PS5 for God knows how long now. Uh, right. So I mean, it's just so different because seven months out, like I mean, you you know like. You've seen, you know, every square inch of it or what it looks like by seven months now, you know, uh, the fact that it wasn't even mentioned is crazy to me. Um, they did talk about a weird fucking thing uh, I've not heard of in any of the Sega newsletters uh, in this article, though, a game of the month program. And the idea with it was a free game when you purchase three others at retail in a given month. Um, so, well. It actually doesn't mention month. I assume it means month, but it doesn't specify. So I don't know. My assumption is month, though, and on a per-month basis. And I think about trying to convince, uh, like, Mad Mike would have knocked my fucking head off if I had told him to go buy me three games. (laughs) My dad would have knocked my fucking head off. (laughs) Uh, Like, that's such a huge ask of a consumer to buy three games a month to get that free one, you know? Uh, And I'm sure... It's probably a shitty free one, you know? I mean, it's a cool idea, but yeah, there's no way I would have gotten that. I mean, we were renting games all the time. Like, that's how I was playing them. Sure. Definitely I, yeah, not. I would say I might, I might have gotten to rent three games a month. Like, right, exactly. So yeah, it's an intense-ass marketing plan or marketing idea. Uh, next up is the short pro shots, and this kind of finishes this thing out, really. Uh, seven pages of what amounts to small one-paragraph blurbs on titles that mostly are previews of unreleased titles. So there's it's a mix-and-match deal. Some of them are out, some of them aren't. So this took me forever to get through because I had to look that up each time. And, <laughs> and uh, there's, again, highlighting the breakdown, there are six pages and some change on NES, less than one page of SMS, nil Atari in these previews of things coming down the pipe. So again, just Atari, the Atari outlook is bleak as fuck. <laughs> I think this is when I noticed the whole shift, like visibly, like, okay, they started out the very beginning of the magazine with the whole Atari article, like that ad, like second page. But like when you got here to this point, it was like, all the games are coming out for Nintendo. Like they're, we, we can see what's going on, sadly. Yep. 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 Um, you know, and I, I say it like that. Like, I wonder if they, I don't know. Do you, do you think this magazine was put together and uh, like, is it structured? Like, you know, did they go front to back when they were like doing the layout and designing this thing? Uh, and as they get into, I mean, there's some level like previews are the future. So there's just some level it's reflecting the reality of there being a bleaker outlook down the line for those 
even Sega with SNS, but particularly with Atari. So, I mean, they can only put in here what actually exists. They're not making shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking articles. But uh, also the idea of them, like, you know, they set out, they started this this magazine, and, like, they be- start at the beginning. <laughs> and, like, as they got further on into it, there's, like, Atari's bullshit, man. <laughs> it's like, fucking, <laughs> fuck, fuck the Atari stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were definitely focusing where, like, all the hot new titles were. And I was like, well, Atari does have some games coming up. Like, well, okay. Hopefully they were like, well, they sized the market and understood, well, there are some people who are still playing Atari. They're still putting out some games. Let, let's cover those few games as well. You know, right. let, let's be all inclusive here. And then they, when they went out and tried to find them, they were like, wait a minute, there's nothing here. There's nothing. <laughs> exactly. They, they got and one game? Not only is there okay. nothing, there's no one trying to tell us about anything either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, they probably called these companies trying to uh, – pitch advertising opportunities and they probably call atari and just like the phone was ringing <laughs> like, yeah that's it's interesting because they're from each of the, <laughs> the studios like it's not even just like from the video game companies themselves so yeah and they're making the games for nintendo and for sega yep 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 uh so the first up thing they do it they break it up by system nintendo then sega then atari uh or no atari rather but the uh they 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 break even the individual systems up by developer which is kind of cool and they the first one up is licensing king acclaim and the first thing we get is what we've already mentioned multiple times here knight rider and we clearly know all about it because we were speaking uh, fondly of it, but it is uh, the game was released in '88 and it's based off a David Hasselhoff TV show uh, with a talking car. And like the premise of the show, you sound even fonder than I did about it. Give us a synopsis of what that show's about. <laughs> oh man, going back. Honestly, the only thing I remember now there was a talking car. You had freaking Michael Knight who drove it. They solved crimes and did awesome, cool shit. I mean, that was basically <laughs> what happened. <laughs> like the whole idea was that he was like an I like uh, he, like, the car had, was like AI, like it could yeah, yeah it was well, like yeah. helping him out get yeah. out of jams. Yeah, the car was sentient for sure. The but but as far like his like Michael Knight's character, the reason that he was the perfect man for this job is that he had like he I don't know if he had lost his memory or something, but like he had no life. He like was able to just be a borderline uh, uh, automaton uh, that just did nothing but but solve crimes or yeah do, what, what, do <laughs> shit or whatever the fuck it is he did uh exactly like he had no personal life that he had to deal with you know he was just like a man of mystery uh which is um the perfect thing for david hasselhoff <laughs> <laughs> well, i see why i see why it broke him and uh so yeah the title screen for this the title screen for this uh game uh has a theme that is super fucking hot <laughs> TV show theme, so that's interesting that they didn't. I mean, clearly, you know, there's no effort here. I mean, this is a fully licensed property, obviously. Yep. Uh, I guess the song maybe must have been too expensive or something uh, for a claim. Um, but it's it's shocking that they didn't take it because it is such a badass song that you think that would be like one of the core elements that you'd be like, if we're gonna get this property, it's got to come with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I don't know how you don't. Right, but they did not. So, Acclaim is very much a cost, uh, corner cutting company. Most of these licensing focused companies are. So it does not t- 
terribly surprised me that uh, that that would have been you know outside the budget. Uh, they're just like these licensing companies, LJN and them are the two probably biggest ones. Are just like mm. get the widget off the assembly line into a box and in the consumer's hands. Like what's the you know, there's like a very finite number that we're willing to do that at because we've ran fucking analysis and this is what this is the number it has to be. So if the, the song costs more than that number. No song. <laughs> like I don't give a shit about the creative component of it whatsoever. Uh, so it is not terribly surprising. But uh, yeah, so, so ultimately, yeah, with the, the game like you said you played it, it's like a, it's like a driving sim with battle elements where you're trying to stop terrorists. Uh, and yeah, you can soup the car up between levels. There's like a a, 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 um, a development tree for the car itself, which is cool, and I dig that very much because it gives otherwise will be you know i'm not the biggest racer fan uh games like this often don't do it for me but if you can give me some sort of something that i'm working towards and i'm not just driving around shooting shit uh that ups the ante a great deal for me and i enjoy it a lot more so that seemed to have this uh and there could be uh i i agree enough here for game episode territory i think you know um how yeah how, how much did you actually play it I didn't play it a ton. I don't know how much there's for a game episode. I mean, but at the same time, I didn't really get the chance to like start customizing the car really like I would want to. Like I saw all the areas where you could do that, which kind of blew my mind again, like we were talking about before, for for this level of game at this time. So I mean, yeah, it it could definitely be. It could definitely be enough for a game episode. Once we they had uh, when you started it because it's. The, the you know it's uh, I don't know levels you know you're driving they are still level it's like a level format but they they show you a map that shows like you're going from one place to another there's like all these different places uh, all over the country where you're going to be going uh, apparently because they're like data points on the little map they show you so hmm. it looked like there was quite a bit to the game if you do have to go to all those places and I know as I was playing the game like you're trying to get I want to say you're on the west coast you're trying to get from maybe LA to San Francisco or something uh, and that's just the first of many stops that you'll have so like. I didn't get all the way to the new city. <laughs> you could see it coming too. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty sure you could like, like as you were going, you could see it getting closer. Uh, the city in the distance, which is a uh, visually kind of impressive for uh, yeah, this eight uh, bit doesn't usually give you that kind of like, you know, what you see does not necessarily reflect what they're trying to tell you is happening <laughs> in the story. <laughs> you don't always get to see it happening. Uh, you kind of just have to use like a little bit of a suspension of belief uh, to buy into the story or where you're at in the game, you know? Um, and it seemed like they actually were, you were like, you could see yourself working towards the goal of what this level is supposed to be about. That's pretty cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then after that, uh, more licensed bullshit, uh, Airwolf is another TV show. Um, and it looks like a flight sim that uh it's not out yet hits in june so or rather it is out because uh, it hits in june so it's fair game but it didn't look that great and i'm not a big flight i don't know if you're into flight sims or not i'm usually not really it's got to be a really really good game for me to get into it but yeah. this one like, yeah i'm yeah. on a hard pass yeah like the idea like i remember like they were, you know now uh, i haven't played a flight sim god knows how long now they're probably fucking unreal <laughs> uh it's probably the same thing as flying a plane but the i remember like the microsoft's flight simulator was like a big computer game like it was a big deal in the computer game realm uh and like the when i was really into computer games in like the mid to late 90s and like i remember like the flight sim the microsoft flight simulator was like the top tier one and i remember and it's you know it's just it's polygonal like awful polygonal art and just i don't know terrible in every possible way and i just couldn't see like until they got the technology to a place where you really were looking at 
borderline reality. Uh, I just don't see how those games can be attractive. You know, it's on the fucking NES. Like, no, fuck off. Yep, because they look like this. Yep. Yeah, I don't get it. Don't get it as a genre. Uh, the other thing they get from claim here, or we get from claim here, is Wizards and Warriors Two, which uh, it's not even called Iron Sword yet on here. So that tells you how far ahead of the actual release it was. Uh, hits just before Christmas, um, so it's not out yet. But I, my little brother did have this. Jeb, Jeb had this, and uh, it's this, this game has the one with Fabio on the cover. <laughs> this is the one. Okay, yeah. yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "What? Come on!" Full on, full on Fabio, Fabio on the cover. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the game's not the game's not bad. But we'll get to it. Like I said, it's not out yet. Uh, after that, they give us Activision. Um, a lot of licensed bullshit here too. Two of the three are licensed things. Uh, three Stooges is the first one, which is just whoa. Uh, licensed nonsense ported from uh, computer releases. So it's like it was already out on computers, and they tried to fucking put it on Nintendo. It's not out until October, thankfully, so we don't have to talk about it. But it looks fucking terrible. And Stealth Eagle uh, took a moment to find because it was actually released as Stealth ATF, uh, and it hits in October. Mm. So not out yet, but another flight sim, an F F one seventeen flight sim. And knowing it was Activision, uh, and my boy Dan uh, Kitchen, uh, Dan and Gary Kitchen from Batteries Unincluded worked at Activision, and I knew Dan. Dan talked a lot about loving flight simulators. Funny that we said the conversation about interesting. <laughs> uh, loving flight sims and loving flying games, and developed a lot of them. So I saw this, and it being Activision, I was like, I bet Dan worked on that. And I looked it up, and uh, him and Gary both did actually. So that was one cool thing about that. But oh, other nice. than that, that great. Um, Predator. Another licensed thing is of the Schwarzenegger variety. <laughs> uh, hit in April, so this is out. Uh, we actually chatted about this quite a bit. Uh, on uh, It was in the last Nintendo Power, maybe two Nintendo Powers ago. So we talked about it quite a bit then. So we don't want to waste time on that now. But uh, it's a basically a, a total, relative total shit, uh, shit fire action platformer. Um, and as many licensing properties can be, uh, that is the case here as well. Um, it was a little bit, I mean, like, it was enough when I first fired it up where I was like, wait a minute, is this a game? Like, is there something fucking here? Uh, but it, <laughs> like, it, you know, so on the surface, it had a little bit going on, but getting into it and really playing it, it there's just, uh, as so many of these licensed games are, so many, too many faults uh, to get past to really enjoy. Ah, weak. Yeah. So kind of a bummer too, because, you know, Schwarzenegger's awesome. And Predator, that's a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Uh, you like to go hack up some bad guys. Yeah, for sure. Well, not hack them up. You're, well, I guess does he does he use a uh... predator? I mean, at some point, I mean, he's hacking people up. No, the predator has the gun, man. He doesn't. Yeah, but he has those blades, dude. The later ones, maybe I'm thinking just oh, about the later, later ones. ones. I, I I don't think I've ever seen any of those sequels. To be honest. Oh, I'm about to say he's definitely impaling some fools at some point. <laughs> well, like maybe not in the originals. <laughs> sure he was alien and shit. Yeah, they probably had him every weapon. But in uh, that first one, he just had that little gun, with the three, the triangle thing, man. Oh yeah! Wow. The little red dots on the on Schwarzenegger and shit. Yeah. Uh so the we get Broderbund is the next one, and they have only one game. It's called The Guardian Legend. So it hit in April and it makes it live uh for us. And it is a sci-fi space shoot 'em up, but uh shockingly playing it, it's pretty fucking good, dude. Uh Ooh. I was yeah, despite being a genre I typically hate. It's very fast paced. Uh most of the time. 
So, you know, it has like the frantic thing that you, I guess, maybe really makes those games work uh, is that they are actually difficult because lots of shit's going on. Not too much that you can't handle it, but enough to actually engage you and make it challenging. Uh, but there's also like a, it, it, it isn't always that way. There's like there's some variance in the speed of the game. And that is rare, like where you actually have change in that. Usually most of those games are just one speed. You just go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So that was pretty cool. I thought that it like slowed down. There were different, like it presented different problems to you, uh, and had some variance to it. I thought that was pretty good. And there's also the the backgrounds in it, like look really good for a Nintendo game. Uh, so that was kind of impressive. Even the first stage, I thought, was uh, pretty cool looking. And it also, and this is one of my biggest problems with these fucking shooters, is it's not one hit death bullshit. You have a shield with a meter, you know. Nice. Just I think critical to those games being enjoyable. And uh, this does that. And it actually, you also see a status screen that suggests there's, we were just talking about it with uh, Knight Rider, there's some ship development, like an upgrade tree uh, that you have in the game. And, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious, actually. I wouldn't mind playing that more, and I rarely say that about space shmups. That was the one defining feature that would get me to play a game always. Like, if you could somehow upgrade whatever you had, then, yeah, I was all about that. Yeah, story, like, you know, the action game, yeah, that's... I just, yeah, I've never been able to get into an action game where it's just, you just jam it on the buttons. Like, I just can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even, like, fighting games. Like, I briefly, like, Mortal Kombat was a, a, a good game to me. I've never been a fighting game fan, but Mortal Kombat was cool, uh, and Street Fighter to a lesser degree, because of the complexity of the moves, you know? Like, that was the first time. And it got old. Eventually, that got old. Uh, but the initial exposure, uh, or the initial... Uh, it being a new thing of having to memorize those moves and then on quick draw situationally, yeah, yep. <laughs> a very cool, challenging game mechanic that you know, previous to those games' releases on Genesis Super Nintendo, uh, you'd never had before, you know. So, yep. that was cool. Next, we get Capcom, which is uh, <laughs> uh, two very big swing and dick titles here, uh, which Capcom usually does because most of their games are good. They have Mega Man 2 here and Strider. Uh, yes. Mega Man, yeah, Mega Man 2 is widely regarded as the best installment of a phenomenal franchise. And I agree with that very much. Mega Man 2 is my favorite one. And this hit at Christmas time of last year. Uh, so I'm just, I don't understand why the hell it has not been featured in Nintendo Power yet. <laughs> wow. uh, I guess, you know what? It The first Mega Man was not like a big deal. So Mega Man 2 didn't have a lot of heat behind it at first probably i bet so. i wonder i wondered about that because i i felt the same thing like i remember playing mega man 2 first and beating that and loving it and then three and then four and then like eventually going back and playing one like afterwards like it yep. was weird yeah probably yeah i, I think it might have been the same for me too uh certainly didn't like appreciate mega man one until after i played mega man two i know that i might have dabbled with it here and there uh and, that, and that's kind of honestly i think the public reception of it is very much in line with that like mega man two is where mega man became a thing so they probably didn't it probably wasn't a game that they the story i don't know the, the story i've heard about this is like Mega Man 1 was so underwhelming sales-wise that Capcom was going to kill it, and there were some developers in-house who, like, offered to work on it as a side pet project until 
they were able to have it ready to go uh, while they did things that the company actually gave a shit about and wanted wanted, <laughs> wanted it to work on. So they they did it as like a side project uh, and 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 ended up finishing it and and Capcom did release it. But it was like so such a backburner thing for Capcom coming off the first one that uh, you know they didn't they weren't even willing to really dedicate a team to it. Um, so that probably was also reflected on the marketing initially too, and that's why we're getting it. The first uh, we've seen of it, and it, like even like I said, it, it has not been a Nintendo Power at all yet. I don't believe. Uh, and the last Nintendo Power was the same time period. Um, or wait, no, no, that's a lie. It was the last Nintendo Power was March, April, but still, it hit last Christmas. So they've had two issues of Nintendo Power that, where they have not covered this yet. So that's very interesting, you know. Hmm. So it it probably is because it it was a gradual build, a slow burn to becoming a a widely uh, a well selling game, you know. And once it actually got some fire under it, that's when Nintendo Power was like, oh, maybe we have something here. Yeah. Um. Yes, this fucking game was great. Uh, I mean, what could you say about it besides that? It's like a, it's like a perfectly tuned action platformer where you kill robots and you commandeer their weaponry to use on their accomplices and ultimately Dr. Wily. And it's fucking great. <laughs> yep. and the whole mechanic of taking their weapons and then having to so, figure out which boss to use the yep. weapon against. Ah, oh, so fun. Yep. Uh, and it, it was even like a little bit, and that's, pre- that's present in the first one too, but it's like, it's not, uh, it's not absolute. Like there, and there might be an absolute one that's better, like better than all the others quantifiably but like there you know you could some of them you know the metal and this is this is just it's probably not the exact right i I can't think offhand what worked on what but like you know uh the metal thing could work well against two guys it wasn't an absolute through line that you had to do like you could go through the game and still use the weapons and be able to beat other bosses without knowing the exact path you were supposed the ideal path, you know what I mean? Yep. And that that's cool that there was like it, it it had that component to it that you could decide what the best one was, but it wasn't required in order to enjoy the game. Yep. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, yes, yeah, it's beyond game episode worthy, uh, for sure. So Perhaps we'll talk about that shortly. The other one here is Strider, and it's an arcade port that became something much deeper uh, than just a beat-em-up side-scrolling deal on the NES. Uh, it was one of those instances where Nintendo often required, if you're going to do uh, a game that's going to be released in other systems, they often required you to do something different with it, like some something that made something some proprietary element that made it worth being licensed as a Nintendo title. Uh, mm. and Strider was an example of that, where they basically made a whole new game just under that IP, you know? Um, there was nothing like the uh, arcade game. Interesting. So, yeah, so it's a, I I've, haven't really fucked with this since I was a kid, but I, my memory of it as a child is a very fond one, so I'm kind of looking forward to getting into that deeper. I think there's it's one of those games where you do it, you kind of go, there's some item hunting shit going around finding keys opening doors kind of thing uh that has some backtracking it's not a linear straightforward game so that's pretty cool uh getting that kind of depth uh back at the 8-bit era so i think it might be a fun game and after that we get culture brain uh has one kung fu heroes which hit in april it's ported from an 84 arcade release and it feels like it when you play it it's not very good uh <laughs> it's like a single screen battle arena where you have one hit kill enemy situations uh you have a one hit death situation it has very cute music and sprites but the gameplay blows oh this one i have not played uh i know we have this one on switch so i was actually going to go play it because yeah. <laughs> it looks maybe. like interesting it's super like yes it's very cute looking uh but the gameplay yeah it's like it, it you're like this kind of iso semi isometric uh top-down deal 
and you have to jump over things and like just there's just it's just there's just no you I don't know I'm sure you get the hang of it if you played enough but it's not at all intuitive as to like how to use your jump to actually I don't know I got my ass kicked maybe you know <laughs> it was not very fun I didn't think uh, Data East is the next one and they have Bad Dude which is Bad not out dude. yet uh, with super uh, fun game in that uh, it's like one of the uh, I don't know one of my favorite memes. Uh, or I don't know, it's not even necessarily a meme. You don't need to write anything else on the image of the screenshot, but the screenshot of where uh, the ninjas stole the president <laughs> like tells you the, <laughs> like gives you the backstory. It's just a green screen, and it tells you the ninjas stole the president, and you got to go save them. Uh, that's just like <laughs> such a cool setup, such a aggro eighties right? action setup. Like ninjas stole the president. Uh, gotta love it. Yeah, not out for over a year, but that's that's a fun game. Uh, FCI has Hydlide, and it's a shit action RPG that we've spoken about before, and it totally blows. So let's not talk about it more. <laughs> there is more ad redundancy from Hal Labs, Rollerball, Rollerball, and Vegas Stream. Like so we've already talked about those, but they have ads too. They do say in the Vegas blurb that if you make it to one million in winnings, you will see something astonishing on the screen. And oh. I read that, and I thought to myself, "What tits, hookers, and blow? Like, <laughs> like uh, what is astonishing? Yeah, astonishing seems like a very tall order." For my watch of the play video uh i didn't watch the end though maybe it is astonishing i don't know i don't know what it is exactly um the after that they have high tech offering up the chess master which is a very technically presented computer port of a chess uh game that doesn't hit till november so you don't need to talk about it yet jalico has some sports shit coming on the pipe hoops and goal of hoops. soccer varietal goals of the soccer uh variety and the letter is not out till October, but Hoops hit in June, so it's worth talking about. Do you remember this game at all? I remember seeing this game. I I don't remember playing it, but the the visuals look so familiar. Like, yes, I remember that weird action. How like the dunkers look like arched, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think dude, I, that actually makes me think you're thinking of Double Dribble, maybe. No, no, no. I I played Double Dribble. I owned that. That was my jam. This is very different. Yeah, it, it is super different. It's it's just like a one on one or two on two. I think. Yep. Is offered in there as well. Uh, who's game? And like, I, I mean, I, I turned, I fired it up and fiddled with it a little bit because uh, I don't think I'd ever played it to be honest with you. But it's like the it the gameplay didn't wasn't good. Uh, I would say the actual basketball, the core of it, uh, was not that fun. Maybe it was a matter of just getting to know the nuances or whatever uh, that I certainly didn't take the time to really get into, but it didn't seem great on the surface. But I will say that they did, they put a lot in the presentation to make it interesting. Uh, you could like, they you had like cut screens. What do you mean? Uh, well, they had like, they had, you could like, uh, you could pick when you, you pick characters and they're kind of like made up characters. They're not, you know, in a NBA players or anything. They were kind of like fictional characters with, with a little bit of flair to them. They had interesting mm. shit about them. Interesting names, interesting characteristics uh, visually, um, and then you could all like when you after you pick your character, you you would pick whether you were playing on because it's like street ball, you know. So you would you get to pick whether you were playing on an east or west coast court, which I thought was cool. And they look very different. Like the east coast core uh, courts are obviously it's not sunny, it's kind of a little more urban and grittier, and then the west coast courts kind of had like this beachy. Uh, mm. you know, whatever vibe. So I thought that, that was a, a neat little touch that you, they didn't have to exert the effort on, you know. Nice. Uh, so just give it a little bit of a flavor that not just 
hit start, play basketball. You know, there was some effort to 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 give it some some character. I just remember thinking there were only a couple, like a handful of good basketball games, and this was not one of them. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Good basketball game on NES, in my opinion, is Arch Rivals. <laughs> Arch Rivals. Was yes, phenomenal. that <laughs> like, was awesome. Running down the court with your fist just pulled back already, just trying to pluck <laughs> out. Such a good game. Uh, so yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's the only one. Like I, I vaguely remember playing uh, Magic Johnson's. I think it's Magic Johnson's Fast Break, and it not being terrible. But it was, yeah, like, it was okay, but there was something wrong with it. it yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's, that's, uh, uh, dude, I mean, basketball is such, there's, it's, it's such a, a fast-paced game and like you just need more buttons to even really like to do the things you know the like, mm-hmm. two buttons is not enough buttons to to uh embrace all the functionality that a person playing basketball needs to have you know it just doesn't translate i think to, to this fucking medium uh, yeah. you know and like the ball like you know the the playing defense you're trying to steal a ball it is in motion like how the fuck are you gonna get that you know that <laughs> that level of specificity on sprites and shit and this is not gonna happen um so it's kind of a hopeless endeavor i think but yeah, this one I've certainly seen worse than than hoops here uh, on the system for sure. Uh, the next one, the next developer is Chemco uh, slash Seika. Seika, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Shadowgate is a game. I actually own this, and it is a. It's you ever played Shadowgate? Do you know? I have no. I've it's, never played. It's, it's RPG, so probably wouldn't have made it onto your radar as a child. But yeah. it, especially because it's not. There's no action to it at all. It's actually it's this type of. It's called Mac Ventures. Do you know? Have you ever? Do you know what that is? Not at all. They were like uh, Mac Ventures. Yeah, it's like a very specific type of game that was like an early, uh, like those early fucking. It's like the first Macintosh computers. Like the look of those, uh, that UI, that uh, you know, the de- the first de- like pre Windows, de- like pre Windows three one desktop. It was like you know, Apple invented the first visual user interface, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that exact user interface. They built games for that. And they're like, it's basically just a picture in the left hand, top left hand corner, and then a bunch of text shit around it, and you uh, navigate through some sort of game story, uh, just one picture at a time. And like, it kind of narrated at the bottom, and you have an inventory, and you you know solve puzzles and shit. Uh, and they have this company, Chemco, made a bunch of them that uh, ended up. Uh, Deja Vu and Shadowgate were the two that got ported to NES. And Shadowgate's phenomenal. It's like a, it's like a, uh, like a fantasy wizard castle that you go into and you got a I can't remember what the exact story is but phenomenal fucking like super fucking fun game very interesting very dark actually for an NES game in particular uh really good game and I, I actually bought that I remember going like it's one of the few games I remember going to the store and like buying and like the, the ride home in the fucking car like I remember the whole experience of it <laughs> uh, super good game uh, but it is not out yet, so we won't talk about that anymore. Uh, late 89 is when that comes out. Superman hit last Christmas, and this actually, most Superman games are fucking awful, and this isn't good either, but they did try with this one, I will say. Did you did you fire this up? No, I don't even remember a Superman video game at all. Not like, really? even on my radar. Dude, the, the 2600 had one that's fucking terrible <laughs> uh, NES. What? yeah th- this one like it's not just a straightforward action platformer which they usually are uh there's like they tried to build in some rpg elements to it that gave it that tried to give it some depth 
or depth rather, but the gameplay was just fucking terrible, man. Like apps just no fun at all. Uh, yeah, very I difficult. Like, did not play that. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Actually, having just played that a few pages back, <laughs> uh, it reminded me a lot of it as far as like the difficulty and like everything kind of attacks you. And yeah, just it wasn't very fun. I didn't think, but complete with a video by the angry video game nerd was my first. Uh... First result from my Google search. So yeah. Superman. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so it makes Superman sense. Stuff, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I have zero doubt. Uh, and then Konami, uh, one of the other big uh, swinging dick. Speaking of uh, big swinging dick developers, Konami is one also. They have Adventures of Bayou Billy and Track and Field 2. Yeah. Track and Field 2 was a cover feature uh, on Nintendo Power, I think maybe two issues ago. So we talked a shit ton about that already. And it's, I don't know if you remember that, that game. Like, look at the picture. Like, that does not look like an NES game. <laughs> right. Uh, looks incredible um and i couldn't it's the kind of game it's a bunch of little mini games and every mini game in it basically had its own control set that i would need to sit down and read the instruction manual Mm -hmm. to really get the hang of uh so just dabbling with it really wasn't possible and it wasn't i didn't i don't care enough about track and field to want to fucking figure every game out in it uh but visually it looked impressive and you're a track and field guy, so maybe you'd be into that. I don't know. Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a power pad feature. I mean, my, my cousins had the freaking power pad. And so I was like, yeah, I want to come over and freaking run this, and play hurdles this and stuff. Not a power track, pad. No, that's the track and field, bro. You're thinking of world-class track meet that came. Oh, oh this is the. Oh. Yeah, this, this, this is a control pad game. Uh, oh, dude, wow. if, if world-class track meet looked like this, that would have made that game awesome. World-class track meet looked pretty shitty, actually. But uh, it was still fun. And the power pad was its own thing and uh, certainly worth diddling around with uh, and was a super cool idea to a little kid. But, uh, you know, this is like, yeah, a very um, way more events than just running and stuff like this has like swimming and all sorts of shit in it. Um, That's way more elaborate and and detailed than, than that power pad thing. I don't know if I'd be interested in playing like a control pad version of track and field. I don't know. Yeah, it's so, it's so involved. It's, you know, it like... looks visually so fucking impressive that if you're into Olympic style events, like I, I would say give it a try. It's, it's, it looked pretty good, and I think if I was, if I gave a shit more about the subject matter, I think I'd have been really into it because it looks so impressive for hmm. a Nintendo game. Uh, but Bayou Billy hit in June, so it's new blood for us now, and I own this as well. This is, a, this is a game that I had as a kid, and this is one of those instances of. It trying to do a bunch of shit that on the surface sounds very cool. Like this game, did you have you ever fucked with this game? Yeah, this game was fun. Yeah, like the side scrolling, like looks it it looks pretty good. It's super fucking hard. <laughs> it's really, really, really difficult game. Uh, but the side scrolling, other than the hitbox stuff, which makes it even more difficult than I think it would be if the hitbox stuff worked right. Uh, but it's super hard to hit shit sometimes, and some like damage is completely unavoidable so often. Uh, in, in the gameplay of this, that's pretty fucking frustrating. But the it also has, and this is the really cool thing about it, and the, the part that I was fascinated with as a child is it also had driving and light zapper uh, stages, you know, which is really fucking cool to pack it all in to one game, you know, like that. Oh yeah, this is one of those memorable games that like was one of the early NES games I played. It, you know, it was like, ah, I'm not really a Bayou guy. Like, this, <laughs> I'm not going to like this. But, like, back then, it didn't matter. Like, it was all just Really? It makes me think of Crocodile. You didn't like Crocodile Dundee as a kid? No. <laughs> I mean, he had 
who didn't love the knife? I mean, everyone loves the knife. Like, of course, you know, that's why I was like, all right, I'm in the, I'm in the bayou. Let's go. Let's go stab some crocodiles and swing on ropes. Like, yeah. 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 It's freaking fun. Uh, yeah, it is a fun game. I agree. Uh, but it is frustrating at times too. It's very difficult. God uh, did not beat it. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I mean, I have a few stages in. I think like, I, I feel like the first light zapper and the first driving level and then pretty much that's and then the one or two side-scrolling action ones and that's as far as i may ever got in that game yeah yeah very brutal milton bradley has california games and that's been covered already that's interesting too also much better looking and much more fun than i anticipated it would be uh it's a bunch of little mini games i thought it would blow but it was better than uh anticipated i SN- downloaded that one ben yeah i yeah i so i used to play the one for atari because i had a 7800 and the Atari one was actually super fun, but I yeah, but, but I always wondered like how much more fun would the Nintendo version be? So I literally did that right before this call. I was like, oh, I want to I want to play California games. Did you enjoy it? I haven't I haven't started yet, so oh. I just haven't downloaded. It. Yeah, I when I was fucking around with it when it first popped up and we were talking about it on here, uh, same thing. It's like you know, a little bit of games, each of their own control thing. So you kind of got like I remember playing. What the fuck was it? It was like the discus throw, the, the frisbee throw or something, and it was fucking frisbee was hard. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and then I was like, I gave the hacky sack one a try, and it's like it is. You just flip the hacky sack around, just like you would anticipate a hacky sack game mini game to be. And I was shocked at how badly I wanted to keep playing and how caught up <laughs> I was like, I was like, I I am shocked at how entertaining of a, a mechanic this is. Uh, just literally, yeah, the dude flipping the fucking hacky sack around. <laughs> uh, well done. So, yeah, I mean, that's that was way better than I anticipated it to be. I, I don't think I ever touched it as a kid, uh, so I didn't have any nostalgia for it, but the actual picking it up as an adult, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I remember walking into Toys R Us, paying for that game with, like, 15 bucks because I was like, yeah, I, there, there's an Atari version. I want to be down. So, and it was super fun. You, did you was it in like some sort of bargain bin do you remember taking it up <laughs> no. like on a shelf like a normal game or was it in some like discount thing no nah, Atari was still they were still prominently featured at the time yeah. you know, <laughs> still yeah, in the yeah, video yeah. game section it was all good. <laughs> good uh next up we get snk and they yeah they love military shit dude like uh they have two here pow and guerrilla war uh and they had iron tank is another game mm. done uh, so yeah, they love fucking military shit. Uh, POW isn't out till September, so don't have to talk about that yet. Guerrilla War was released in June, so uh, I fired it up with very low expectations because just another fucking military game. Probably not going to enjoy this. Uh, and pussy ass Nintendo. So this, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's as far as like the type of game, it, it's a it's a commando style vertical shmup, uh, very reminiscent of Akari Warriors, to be honest with you. Um, you can take over the tanks uh, that you find in it. Uh, there's a cool opening sequence cutscene thing, uh, which the Color Warriors also ha- also had. Um, but this game is about instead of whatever Akari Warriors, just another jungle game. This is supposedly uh, a raid on Castro-ruled Cuba. Like the Japanese version, Whoa. very deliberately calls it, or you know, there's shit in the game that defines it as such uh a, you're, you're raiding a castro ruled cuba but nintendo of america because they're pussies about everything uh made them water down the political undertones for the u.s release so none of that none of that's in there you're just some sort of central american jungle kind of thing you know uh all the all the actual figures are taken out of it 
Um, so that's an interesting little thing that Nintendo America always does. We just we did a Bionic Commando episode uh, a few back, and uh, the whole thing with that is like the that's the Japanese release. It's straight on Hitler. Like you you fight cyborg Hitler at the end of the game, and like there's Nazi shit imagery in the game. Like it's like no mm. bullshit word uh, that you're you know, infiltrating a Nazi fucking deal. Uh, and the U.S. release, of course, was just like, you know, all that shit's taken out. Um, they turned the Nazi fucking symbols into lightning bolts and, like, uh, no longer called Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they watered everything down. Um, so they did that again here. The game's pretty good, though, dude. It's uh, Like, I was... This also a game... Uh, one, I, the co-op, I bet uh, you can co-op in it. It's probably pretty fucking fun because Akari Wars is pretty fun. Uh, as a co-op game, even as bad as that game is, and this one, the gameplay, the the mechanics, controls, and shit are way better. So, uh, interesting. It might be worth fucking with further. All right, all right. We'll see. Uh, Marking it down. Sunsoft has uh, one licensed ditty, the Terminator, and that's being teased way early here. It doesn't hit till December '92, uh, which wow. is, I mean, yeah, years away. So I don't know. That must have got. That must have been a situation, you know. I don't know, licensing or something probably got in the way there, I would oh. think. Uh, or they just decided it wasn't that good, and then Terminator 2 came out and they were in 92, and they were like, you know what? Let's pick that game back up. Title <laughs> 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 uh, 2, or Title 2, Terminator 2, Title 2. Title has a World War II aerial shmup coming in September, Sky Shark, not out yet, though. Taxan has three April releases, Mappy Land, Fist of the North Star, and Mystery Quest. Uh, Mappy Land... Uh, is a platformer that's been covered before. Um, I don't really have anything positive to say about it. Have you ever played it? Never have. Not not very fun. Uh, Fist of the North Star is it's funny. You said you like Kung Fu. Maybe this is up your alley, dude. Uh, it's a single horizontal plane, one-hit enemy defeat, karate beat-em-up that is very black box Kung Fu-esque. So if you I, like Kung Fu, which I don't... No, I feel like I've beat this. I yeah. Man, yeah. So... <laughs> I've rented so many of these games over the years and just like <laughs> some of the older ones and just like played through them all. This looks like a game I played. Yeah. Just with the the funniest screenshots in this magazine. Uh yeah. I might it's... have to just mess with it and just to see. Yeah, I if 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 you like I said if you like kung, it's very kung fu it it has a very uh floaty jump physic to it though. Uh a little a la Legend of Cage, which I don't know if you remember that. It was a game yeah. a while back. Uh, Leg- I didn't like Legend of Cage, but the, the jump physics are like insane. Like It's like no gravity, like on the moon kind of jump physics. And I yeah, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Um, okay. If you like Kung Fu, it's in that vein, so maybe give it a whirl. Uh, the description of Mystery Quest is just like its title, as stock as you'll find in uh, an 8-bit gaming synopsis. Uh, and so is the gameplay, so I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Uh, getting to the end here, we have Tengen. Uh, it's a Formula One Grand Prix racing game hitting in July. Uh, uh, Super Sprint is the name of it. Not out yet, though. Tecmo. Love Tecmo. Um, Tecmo, Capcom, and Konami. Those are like the big, the big oh, yeah. heavy hitters, you know. Uh, and they give, us, give you a heavy hitter here. Ninja Gaiden, which we did. I think the last uh, Nintendo Power, that was the cover thing. So it's out, and we talked about it. Uh, as a game episode, but if you're do you, Ninja Guide, is that are you into that? 
<laughs> I am definitely in Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. So I was fully into like Ninja Gaiden 2, the follow-up. And so when I was reading through this, I actually went back to the Switch and was like, oh yeah, I know I have Ninja Gaiden. I went that's, to start a brand new game. I clearly <laughs> learned that lesson because I jumped in there and forgot that I had started a game a while ago. And so I was in the action already. And I was like, wait, hold on, what's happening here? And yeah, I it would... I think that would be much better with the normal controllers, but it was still fun. Like I still enjoyed playing it, even with the Switch controllers. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's it's just it's a it's a classic, absolutely incredible game. Uh, but it it is brutally hard, and yeah, playing it without the OG hardware, like mm, not good. Yeah, I forgot about some of the the jumping on the walls. I was like, wait, oh, that's what I have to do with the walls. Uh, just yeah, the spawning the the enemy spawning is so brutal in it. Like you can, you know, you can. Get so you can kill something with a projectile or something, and then just move the slightest bit back, and then it comes back. And it comes back, you know. And yeah. like that's just, fuck you when you're jumping, doing the platforming. Sometimes it's just it's such a hard game, uh, but uh, so well done. And like that, you know, the you missed that uh, magazine episode, but it was like such a big deal. The the cinematic component of it, the 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 cutscenes and stuff. That was like the first time they had been done in a like a truly cinematic way. Uh, and it, it's visually that game is incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's certainly one we could talk about too for game episode two. As hard as it fucking is, it would be I think very frustrating at times. But the game's so good, it's hard to ignore its validity. <clears throat> Silkworm is a uh, other than that is a silk. Uh, the other game here is a modern warfare shmup that doesn't hit till June 1990. So we don't gotta fuck with that. Uh, Trade West has two titles. And uh, that barely, if at all, constitute games. Don Always <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback, which is a dog shit football game, and Taboo, which is some tarot card bullshit. That's, I mean, it's not even really yeah. a game. Who cares if they're out or not. Uh, the John Always Football was that. You never know. Like sports games in particular, like little kids can get latched on to shit that's terrible. Did, were you a fan of that no, game? No, <laughs> I, I did not. No, no, no. John Elway did not have my dollars. <laughs> yeah, fuck Sorry, Elway. sir. Hooked on away and fuck his football game also. Uh, yeah, and then the last thing here is Ultra. Or the last, uh, check, let's check that. The second to last developer is Ultra, and they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles drop in June, so that is now live. And uh, Jab, my little brother, had that game, so we played the shit out of it as a kid. It's difficult uh, and gets some shit for quite a few shortcomings, but I think there's a really, really cool and varied gameplay experience in there, in my opinion. Did uh, you beat it? That game was hard as fuck, man. No, like I said, even he owned it. We had it. We played the shit. I mean, we were turtle fanatics, dude. We had so many of those action figures, and uh, we still, despite that, like absolutely over the top affinity for for the IP, like that video game, uh, impossible. Like, dude, I could the the Jab and I have talked about it many times. The bucket on the show, the 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 water level, the second the dam level, the water. Thing. Oh, I didn't know, it's dude, impossible, man. Dude, I didn't even know as a child, dude, I did not know that those were bombs. I thought those were air tanks, and I thought I was saving those. <laughs> oh, that's what we thought. What? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, with that, with that you, obviously, that's the whole, you can't get out of there until you disarm all those fucking things. <laughs> so, like, I couldn't get past that as a, as a small child. Uh, I'm, eventually, we got our hands on some some uh, insider information, Nintendo Power, whatever it might have been, to know that that wasn't the case and, and got past that, but not considerably farther. Like that game is, yeah, super fucking hard, dude. The later, the later turtle games, two and three and four, like the side scroller, like multiplayer one, those are like amazing. Yeah, this one 
was good, but it was just so hard. And that's honestly why I had to download it because I want to try it again as an adult. I'm going to get past this damn thing. Like, <laughs> I, I look forward to hear you. I mean, I, I'm open to talking about that for for a, a game episode too. Uh, I think I would be shocked if either of us beat it. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've never like you know the, I've seen the screenshots like the you know the Technodrome is at the end and shit, and that that's so cool. Uh, it is a bummer that there's no Krang. I, I, that's that's yeah. not Krang is super cool. I actually had him in a second one. I have a Krang sitting right here on my desk. I'll post a picture. I don't know. <laughs> uh, He's actually holding. I, I have. It's just the brain. I've saved the brain. Uh, I don't have the little gray thing that he. Did you have the action figures or no? Oh yeah, I definitely have okay. the action. Figures. So yeah. So all right. So the Krang character uh, in like the very first uh, release, like the initial few characters, I believe he was in there, and uh, he came like this little gray walking thing. You know, uh, not mm-hmm. the full. You could later on they released it with like the full huge thing that he was in the belly of. Yeah. Uh, this thing, I don't even know if I ever saw this thing in the actual cartoon. Uh, it was much less fucking impressive looking. It was just like a little glass thing on some robot legs, basically, that he was in. So I don't have that. I just have the brain sitting here on my desktop. And <laughs> he's actually holding, uh, which was not a turtle thing, but it is a a piece of amber that has a mosquito in it. Uh in the vein of Jurassic Park. So the idea is that I may have dinosaur DNA here that he's holding. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> a desktop. So I'll post a picture of that on the internet. That's pretty fun, I think. Uh, so yeah, so huge turtle fucking fan. That's still sitting here on my desktop to this day. So that's how big of a fan I am. And I'm certainly a Nice. Fan. Love it. Yeah, it's a fucking hard-ass game for sure. I love the game. <laughs> okay, and finally getting us the fuck out of NES fucking previews here is a Vic Tokai uh, mention of Bump and Jump, which uh, has also been covered. It's a fucking weird-ass side-scrolling kind of action. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, check that. It's not It's not side-scrolling. I think it's a vertical driving game that's kind of a little bit like Spy Hunter, reminded me of, but with a little, like, there's a, a wacky jumping aspect to it that you don't get in Spy Hunter. Um, not bad, but not good either. And that finishes up fucking Nintendo shit. Uh, there's only a little bit of Sega things. There's only five titles, so we can both do them pretty quickly. Activision has one game. It's an arcade port of Galaxy Force 2 that they are dropping the deuce off of for an October release. Not out yet. It's a space shooter. Uh, and they're just releasing this Galaxy Force, so they skipped one. <laughs> uh, hopefully two's better. I don't know. Not out yet, though. We're not there. Mindscape has two games. Uh, long ago covered Afterburner and long ago released Action Fighter. Uh, I didn't play Action Fighter. But the play vid depicted a ruthlessly similar ripoff to Spy Hunter. Funny, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Uh, so it's a motorcycle game, though, but just like Spy Hunter, where you're kind of like, there's like a little bit of a battle thing to it, and, uh, and a vertical scrolling racing game where you gotta kind of fucking avoid oil slicks and shoot shit out of the back of your bike and shit. Even it even has the, and this is the thing I remember most about Spy Hunter. I don't know if you played a lot of Spy Hunter in your life before, but the you gotta pull into the back of moving semi trucks like on highways to to what at uh, uh, like power your car up or refuel or something. You got to like pull into these moving. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's such an uh, extreme. Like if you think of the actual physics of that, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's video game physics. Anything's possible for sure. Uh, and then straight from Sega, there's two previously covered gems: Altered Beast and Reggie Jackson's Baseball. Um, and wow. there's yeah, Reggie Jack. Like they, it's funny. The Sega Master System, we there was a, a few episodes of that back. We, they they showed like their sports titles coming up, and it was like Walter Payton. Think about what year this is too. This was 1989. Uh, and I think this, it might have been 88 when that one was, but it was late 88 at best, or at the at the latest rather. And uh, Walter Payton was the football 
license, like the, the, the endorse, endorsement person. Baseball's Reggie Jackson. Uh, and then there was someone else funny as hell, too, for maybe baseball or something that was like basically like, or not baseball, but a different sport. Uh, Reggie Jackson is like, I think he might have been already, I think he was already retired in 88. So they were like, a retired <laughs> player. And then Walter Payton was about to retire. I think, I think his last year was 88. Uh, so like the idea that they're picking these guys that are like, you know, just fucking like wow. Mike Tyson was a Nintendo endorsement. He was like the hot young boxer. Uh, <laughs> and Sega's picking like these corpses of sports players. Uh, so just, yeah, there's another example of their marketing fucking futility, you know? Wow. But, I thought they were much closer at, at the time. Like I thought Nintendo and Sega were, were like much closer competitors at the time. No, you know? no dude. Like I, I think, uh, again, listen, I don't know offhand the numbers. I've certainly looked at them. I should know them offhand. But I, I think uh, in that video I was watching earlier, I mentioned Classic Gaming Quarterly. I think he mentioned the market share differential. I want to say it was like 95 to 5 was, was his Whoa. guess. The numbers. Uh, but I don't, you know, that's, I don't, that's not backed up by any sort of numbers I looked up for this episode. Maybe wrong. Uh, anyhow, the Reggie Jackson baseball is actually – I was I, when I fucked around with it a little bit um, for the magazine episode that featured it uh, on the Sega side. It's actually way better of a baseball game than I anticipated, so it's not total shit. But hmm. despite the bad endorsement choice, it actually seemed like a decent game that would be worth fucking with a little bit. And then Ultra Beast, we've already talked about, it's not good on the SMS at all. Hmm. So that uh, is it for fucking previews. We skipped over a couple of fun things in there. We skipped over a full pager for the Game Pro merch section. So they have like really. <laughs> did we? Did we really miss anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's the exact shit you would like: shirts, baseball Game cap, Pro hats, <laughs> yep, beach towel, and then drink koozies. It's like the like if you go to uh, one of those websites that like lets you print anything on anything. Those are like the first four options. That's how. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, they did too the the 1989 equivalent of whatever the whatever company did that back then or uh, of the internet version now rather uh there's also an art submission contest and i actually kind of dig these i love these uh it's they call it again using that fucking pro thing the pro artist series and uh they're giving away cold hard cash for first and second prize so that's kind of cash yeah. 150 bones, respectively, for those two places. Uh, they give a theme prompt, which is cool. Uh, a lot of times, these are just like, send in your shit, and if they're cool, we'll post them. Uh, for the other two magazines, they haven't... I, I can't think of them doing this And for the other two. I like this. Yeah, they give you... They, the, the, the theme prompt they give you here is the villains. So you can send in pictures of your favorite video game villains, and that's kind of cool that they give you like a... You know, give it a category so it's more easily... Or, or less... Uh, easily easier to judge, I guess. You know, Not that just you a have free for all. <laughs> um, as opposed to judging apples to oranges, you get a little bit of oranges to oranges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they feature a Mylan's Mylan's Secret Castle piece here uh, that I don't really dig. Um, not that I want to rip on. I don't know. You don't even know that it's a kid. They don't cite anyone having sent it in. So maybe it was just some asshole. <laughs> I, know, I was game. like, it just looks like a, a dog dragon. I don't know what's yeah, happening. Probably, it probably is a kid. So we shouldn't trash it. But uh, <laughs> not a fan kid. Try harder. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then taking us out of this issue, we get a primer and uh, a couple of ads. We get uh, the attention ad that's in a lot of these things right now i think we've seen it already and a toys r us ad that's definitely been in other things uh, as much as i love toys r us and would love to talk about that more we've seen this before and classic yeah the uh I don't know, the last thing i would say about this man uh my nagging question going through the the whole issue like the cover art 
on every issue of Nintendo Power and those Sega newsletters uh, has correlated with a game feature in the issue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so reading this whole magazine, and I, I, it was a question in my head, and it remains unanswered after having finished it. Uh, what the fuck do those three central cast and hero dudes on the cover of this magazine line up with inside the magazine? <laughs> that is a great question. I mean, there's no... Nothing. Like, there's those guys. Yeah. Th- those games. <laughs> I'm like, there was no army... Ga- I mean, and guess, unless you just said, all right, G.I. Joe guys, like... There were army full, games. Full, and there full, were, yeah. You know, Rostan was talked about, so there is a barbarian, but that doesn't look like the Rostan barbarian. And that no, guy with it, the eye that... doesn't look like the dudes in Guerrilla War. Like, yeah. And mean, then football game, that was not, was that supposed to be from Joe Namath? That was like a nondescript star from Mohammed. John L.A., Joe Namath. Or John L.A., <laughs> one of those guys. I don't like either one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, definitely that doesn't seem like that was a thing here. Yep. Well, the, that fucking. Um, uh, eternal question will remain unanswered, and that is Game Pro issue one. That was the Super Dodgeball All-Stars theme. Definitely had fun with that one on the Switch recently. Uh, it is very dramatic, too, so it sets the table nicely for <laughs> our uh, first ISOH debate, Jay. I'm kind of excited about this. How, so how's this going to go? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, t- I'm torn. Would you like me to, name, to, to do my three nominations first, or would you like to give yours? You know what? Let me give mine, because... I was torn, and I don't want to sway. Like, if you mention a couple of mine, then I might just automatically mention those two. I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to be swayed. So, okay. the first one I thought about is Kung Fu Heroes. Now, I know you were talking earlier. You said, "Eh, this probably isn't a good game." It looks kind of fun to me. You know, looked like a fun little genre, quirky. So why not? Okay. Uh, second, California Games, as I mentioned. Had the Atari version, had a lot of fun, just downloaded the Nintendo one, always wanted to play it. Uh, and the last one we actually talked about earlier, Adventures of Lolo, because Courtney said it was hard and because it looked like it was a lot of fun. Okay. None of these games are games I'd ever played before. There were so many games, I feel like, in this in this episode, this magazine in general that I was rushing to download because either you know I played them as a kid or always wanted to play them. And I feel like these these are games that I might not get to, but could be awesome. Would be new experiences. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a, t- it's a tough balance going through these, having fun yeah. for a year now, <laughs> uh, deciding whether to, you know, just 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 strum your nostalgia fucking thing, mm-hmm. your your nostalgia cord, or to try to uh, expand your horizons on the retro front, you know, uh, and try new things and see if you can find something that you like as much as maybe, you know, a game that you already think of so fondly from your childhood, you know. Exactly. It's a tough decision to make. Uh, okay, so think? my three are Adventures of Lolo as well. Nice. The Guardian Legend, that space shmup that uh, mm. uh, you would rarely find, but I thought there was enough there that was interesting, uh, and and uh, it's kind of in the interest of trying to find. There's there's been a handful like Life Force is a great fucking game, so it's not to say that I've never thought 
uh, a space shoot 'em up is good, but it's very rare. Uh, and this one looked like it might be worth. Uh, nice. You know, working its way into my good graces, I suppose. And then lastly, kind of, uh, it's almost like premature because you, you get a cover issue or a cover feature uh, in Nintendo Power, I think maybe even the next one, um, Mega Man 2, uh, because oh. you know, it's a phenomenal fucking game, and uh, I would love to sit and play it, like there's just, uh, as anyone would, because it's a great game. So those are my three. So we got some overlap, and that kind of, I think, makes that enough to, to, to talk about that first, I guess, the fact that we have some overlap there. Uh, like the uh, My concern about doing it is, is that it would be... There, it you know, it's a puzzle game, and like it, you can get. It's very easy to get stuck in puzzle games, and I mean, mm. you can, you know, yeah. You know, I, I don't ever want to look like every time I do this, I don't look. I don't use fucking strategy guys. I want to like experience it. Like I like the whole the whole idea is to experience. It, so I don't look shit up. So you get stuck and just be pissed off and not want to play anymore, uh, as opposed to like something, some sort of like uh, moment of skill where you could just keep trying and you might get it right. You know. Uh, these can like I bumped in like I said I quit playing when I got to something I was like I don't know I can't I don't know fuck I have no fucking idea how to do this. <laughs> uh, and actually, you know, the, the one thing though, when I play these games, I read the instruction booklets. And honestly, uh, I'm saying when I do it for a game episode, I don't do that for these magazine episodes. So perhaps a reading of the instruction booklet would alleviate some of those things because I definitely there's little little mechanics that at first I was I did not have any clue how to deal with and you kind of just stumble into figuring out how that works and i'm sure that kind of shits in the instructional clip that might alleviate the problem you know right so yeah that's my biggest concern with it is just that it would get it's just i don't know like i don't know if it would hold up for trying to get through the whole game and for there to be enough to talk. you know the whole thing is too you want there to be enough to talk about for a whole episode and if it's just the same but slightly different puzzle for 50 screens Maybe that's even more boring than us talking would normally be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. These are these are some good games, though, man. Like, I could see definitely playing Mega Man Two. Like, <laughs> I think I played that with with Zion probably a year ago. Like, <laughs> and I got to the end and I couldn't freaking beat Doctor Wally, and I was like, I I could beat this dude as a kid. Like, why am I struggling now? Yeah. Um, I could totally do that again, though. Like, it's. Yeah, and I've never even played the other two games. I'm absolutely it. certain I would be safe stating my ass off, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, especially that last part. I could probably, I could probably do the, the 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 main game legit, but that that sequence through Wily's castle is so difficult. There's just no fucking way. Yeah, I throw my controller out the window trying to beat that uh, in a two week span. Um, okay, so Mega Man Two, and then the Guardian Legend. I don't know the the, the I don't just. How, you haven't really given me a, a, a broad spectrum perspective on uh, shoot 'em ups. Like, how do you feel about space shooters in general? Uh, space shooters, it depends. So, if we're playing like, a, I don't know, something like Xevious, I mean, that to me kind of falls in range, but I don't know. I, I'm really open to any of those type of games. Like, if it's something that's really, really basic, like a, like a Gradius type of game, like, I'm open to that. But, like, some of these much more newer games like far out of the realm of this but like some of the much more newer games where you're flying i, I don't really like them as much so right um, i come I, I really like all types i'm kind of open okay 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 uh yeah I, i'm pretty hard pass on fucking uh kung fu legends or whatever. <laughs> i was gonna say based on what you said earlier, <laughs> for sure 
Uh, and what was the other one? California Games. California Games. That was really. I had. I had fun with it. I. I don't know if there's enough there to talk about for a game episode though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how many games are involved in the game. I think there's six so. mini games. I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, six mini games. I don't know if you have an episode there. Six mini games. Um, yeah. I, I would like to sit down and I. I it, uh, maybe we could explore playing uh online together with that because I bet that's multiplayer. Because I would definitely play hacky sack. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Um. So okay. More- so adventures. So it's not. I mean, adventures. I'm not. Uh, strong enough on Guardian Legend to, to really push for Mega Man 2 or Adventure Lolo, uh, and we can kind of just flip from uh, either one. I'd be totally happy with. Uh, if you want to just pick one, honestly, I'm down with it. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's, uh, I feel like Mega Man 2 is a classic. Yeah, let's do Mega Man 2. It's classic. Okay. Can't go wrong with Mega and Man. You know what? It's fun. It has happened a few times uh, where we played a game right before it was heavily featured in the magazines and found a bunch of shit in the magazines. We're like, fuck, I wish I'd have known that <laughs> before we played. Cause I, I don't, yeah, I don't read, I will not read the things after like, again, I'm trying to experience it as I would experience it at this time in the timeline, you know? So I don't, I don't use the future Nintendo power issues to inform my gameplay. You know, I'm a stickler. I'm a hard ass. I like stuff. it. No, like <laughs> got to go authentic here. Yeah. All right, man. Fucking A. Mega Man 2. No problems with that. Uh, that's a super fucking fun game, and I know I'll enjoy myself, so I would never uh, have any contest against that. Uh, all right. Fucking A. So that's that's our uh, episode, our first magazine episode together, Jay. Woo. Uh, you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean. And please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whichever of those platforms you do listen to it on. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly uh, at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod on Facebook, YouTube for gameplay videos, subreddit. Um, link will be on the website and in the, in the show notes. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, you can just catch me, Gentleman JB, on Twitter and YouTube. Jay, you got to say that there's no E. You gotta there's work no that. second E. I forgot that. <laughs> you work Spell that. it out. <laughs> no second E. Is there no-, no second E. Yeah. G E N T L M A N J B. No second E. That's that's okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Josh Fallen and on Instagram at my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. Jay, you say bye too. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>